The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show, brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, we're going to go ahead and start this baby as ECU's defense does what they do, gets a stop. Uh, it's going to be fourth down for Navy, 125 left to go. Pirates trying to score some points today and keep the non-shutout streak alive. They are down 10 nothing to Navy. It has been a, uh, another putrid day for this offense. We will talk about the sad numbers on that side of the ball and take your calls, 317-1250. Only positive is, uh, for us anyway, we have enjoyed some wings over Greenville, and uh, that'll drown your sorrows as well as you watch some football this afternoon and this evening. Our number is 317-1250. Give us a call. The uh, live line is open, 317-1250. We'll be back. Jason Nichols, Billy Weaver, Shirley, Joey. I'm Clip Brock. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. Pirates are trying to put together the Brown and Wood drive of the game. If they don't score here, <laughs> we don't have one. But we'll still thank Brown and Wood uh, for their sponsorship. 317-1250. East Carolina has it down 10 to nothing. And goodness gracious, what an ugly effort today offensively for the pirates looking at the ube stat sheet real quick as of right now pirates just converted their second third down of the day they're two for 13 on third downs they have nine total first downs 28 rushing yards 149 passing yards for a total of 177 a couple of picks a couple of fumbles lost uh just been a nightmare offensively for the pirates billy and jason i well i tweeted it out it's the worst offense i think i've ever seen i've been watching football a long time i played football not at the level you did um but i've never seen an office offense this inept ever in my life it's the craziest thing it's pretty bad i mean like you watch this and we talked about a pregame clip you talked about maybe some momentum and I said, nah, there's no such thing as momentum from game to game. It's it's your work that you got to do throughout the week that gets you prepared for the game. But, and and uh, inbounds, that's, that's the game. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know. Mike Houston yelling yeah, spike it, but it won't matter. That's and uh, the Pirates have been shut out. Yeah. 10 nothing. Because the first time we were, you and I were talking about this, it's been Syracuse 96. Yeah. Is 96, 97 last. maybe. Shut out, I think. Yep. There you go. All right. We have lines uh, locked and loaded. We'll get to your calls. 317-1250. Pays, Logan, Sam. We'll get to y'all. We'll start with Cameron in Goldsboro. Hey, Cameron. What's up, guys? Watching this bum of a head coach, Mike Houston, shake the opposing head coach's hands on the TV. I mean, I, I never thought I would see a day where I felt more lowly for our program. Um after that loss to North Carolina A&T a few years ago in the Scotty Moe era. But this game makes me feel worse than that. I never thought I'd feel this way again. I mean, this is the worst offense I've ever seen. 
we're the worst offense in the country. We're worse than Iowa. Just the total incompetence in our offensive coaching staff and game plans in recruiting, it, it's just a disgrace, guys. There's no, there's no reason why. Our, shout out to the defense. Our defense plays spectacular. There's no reason we should be losing to Navy if we only allow them to have 10 points. But it's just it's shocking. It's abysmal. It's quite frankly, you know, we've called and said it all year, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace to the program. It's a disgrace to the fans. I look at all the ECU fans that are at the game today. No other team in this conference would bring the amount of away fans for a 2-8 and eight team than what you saw with East Carolina today, and it's, it's pathetic. Um, you know, I saw everything on Twitter and social media this week. You know, $500,000 raised for NIL. College football is a business. Um, I have to ask this question, though. When you make an investment is what this NIL stuff is, you're expecting a rate of return. Uh, do we have the confidence that even with this extra amount of money coming in that Mike Houston can get it turned around with this, with this offensive coaching staff? To me, that's just a bad investment. And just to say that, if Mike Houston had, let's say Mike Houston had $800,000 in staff offseason, would this team be any better? Um, I, I don't, yes, it's the players, but true and behold, I think it's just the offensive system in general. Um, even when we had Holt Naylor's Keaton Mitchell, I mean, last year we should have won 10 or 11 games but the offense struggled in certain situations due to necessarily the game planning. Um, like I said, we shouldn't have lost the Navy last year. We should have beaten State. We should have had possibly beaten Cincinnati. This offensive system that Mike Houston has brought with him from the FCS level just cannot work at the FBS level, guys. Mike Houston wants to run run-at-your-mouth, hard-nosed physical football. But the problem with that is we have nobody that's physical enough on the offensive line or defensive line that can do that for every game. Uh, this offensive system is a failure. It needs to be changed. Donnie Kirkpatrick has to go. Honestly, I'm on the I'm on the fire Mike Houston train. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think we should get rid of Mike Houston because there's absolutely zero reason you should go from eight and five to two and nine. And we'll, we, we're probably going to lose Tulsa too. I'm not even mad at this point. I'm just apathetic because it's a disgrace. Uh, I, I've already called in this season and laid out my frustrations. It's a disgrace. It's embarrassment to the program. It's embarrassment to the town of Greenville. I'm just, y'all need to go look at what Roger Harris's dad posted on Twitter. He'll probably enter the transport portal tomorrow. Um, it's unacceptable, and I don't know if NIL money is going to help change it. I think this coaching system, the offensive system, has to change, guys. And I'm like I said, I'm not even. I'm apathetic at this point. It's just, it's just a joke. Um, as always, get fired. All right, there is Cameron in Goldsboro. Do you have something, Billy? No, I just some of this. He hit on some of the stuff that we talked about uh, off the air. Yeah. All right, well, we'll keep the calls rolling. 317-1250, that opens up a line on the Power Radio Live line. Sam is up in Greenville. Hey, Sam. Hey, y'all. Last time I called in was 2016 after we lost to South Carolina. I believe that was Scotty Montgomery's first loss. I was pretty upset then. Um, little did I know the pain and suffering that I was going to go through for the better part of a decade. It has been in total, I think, yeah, it has been 26 years, one month, and 14 days since we've been shut out. That was before I was even born. So I'm just upset. I just want to call and say that. I appreciate all y'all do, and go Pirates. All right, Sam. First shutout of your life. And wow. he just wanted to call in and say he was upset. That's what this show can be for sometimes. <laughs> it can be for people being happy after a win or just to say, you know what? I'm upset. A little therapy. Yeah, there you go. Talk uh, talk it through. 
All right, 317-1250, we go to Annapolis and talk to Logan. Hello, Logan. How's it going, fellas? Hey, all right. Um, so, two weeks ago, I said keep the faith. Um, I'm trying my best right now not to throw my phone across the parking lot uh, because I've never been more offended to wear purple and gold in my life. I mean, like you said before, 26 years we got blanked by Navy. Um, Blake Carroll, you know, he, I, I was midway through the fourth quarter. I looked at my, uh, my cousin. I said, dude, Blake Carroll's in the friggin' press box looking at Donnie K with his hands up going, I've done everything I possibly could do. He, he's recovered multiple fumbles. He blocked the stinking field goal and kept us in the ball game all stinking day. And Donnie K, you know, he's like, I'm just going to bury my head in the mud and just not do my job. So obviously, you know, we, we know Donnie K is going to be gone. But I, I am just so far past the point of watching this. I mean, I made the drive up here yesterday excited. I said, you know, we're going to come off of a win. Maybe we get some, you know, we get some self-esteem a little bit. You know, we you know, go out there and go dunk pads. And we just went out there and played patty kick with them all day on offense. Defense, once again, hats off to them. Uh, but I, I am so just, just, just so angry. I mean, we, we are abysmal. Sub 100 yards in the first three quarters. Once again, you know, it's like watching Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. Just the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Two and nine, you know, we're going to go two and ten because we're going to lose to Tulsa next week. You know, the only thing that we have looking forward next week is the tailgating scene and being out there with the other Pirates. But, oh, my goodness, I'm so upset, y'all. Hey, good call, Logan. Later. Yeah, all right, man. Don't throw your phone. Don't uh, don't throw anything. Remain calm. Uh, <laughs> but good call. We feel your frustration um i don't know how blake carroll's head hadn't exploded at this point i don't know how it hasn't boiled over um jason as a former pirate you you want to tell us <laughs> you want to get into what you were saying may happen if this happened back when you played well i mean the 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 thing is it's, it's hard to not take advantage of such a good defense and because it's hard to stop people in today's uh age in football mm-hmm. and to say that we only gave up 10 points. How many did we give up versus Charlotte? Was it 10? 10. Lost 10 to 7, yeah. I believe. I, I, and gave up, what, 13 to 13 to Tulane. Two to Tulane. That's, I, I mean, that's less that's than winning football. That's winning that's football. That's dominating football. Right. And, and that's where the frustration, you know, from these fans and stuff comes in because, man, it's hard to play defense. I don't care where you are. It's hard to stop people. And we don't have we don't have any hope on offense. I mean, there's no hope there. And as a coach, you know this better than anybody else that you always try to tell your players if you want to start pointing fingers, you know, when you point one, there's three pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. This is the only time that I can remember it's justified to, to to start pointing some fingers because there is no question whatsoever where the problem is. Yeah. Well, and, and and we all see it. Harold knows it, but he's not going to say anything about it. He's well, going to. He's I, not. I, I bet you the you know the 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 biggest issue right now is there's no leadership from anybody on the offensive side. I'm talking about the players. Right. I know the coaches are because they get paid to try to be right. the leader. But that's the problem. If it's the coaches, you're not getting better. It has to be the players that take it take it by the the bull by the horns and say, fellas. We gotta play better than this. We gotta do better than this, and I and I can see that because we don't have a quarterback. That's why it's important to have a starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. it's not because you know whatever reason that guy is typically the leader of that unit. You need somebody that can pull everybody on the same page and raise the standard. That's what I was talking about when I played here. We had a standard. Yeah, and you're gonna. 
practice to this standard and you're going to play to this standard. And we held each other accountable. The coaches didn't have to do that. That's right. We did it. Good teams do that, though. They held, they you you hold yourself accountable. Good teams do that. This is not a good team right now. Yes, it's it's a half a good team. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Done, Absolutely. And and special teams have done a, a fairly good job. Today was year. bad. Today was but, bad. Today was bad. But, but for for the most part, yep. mm-hmm. you know, um, they've done their job too. So it's it's frustrating in that aspect. Yeah. Three one seven twelve fifty. Let's go to Pays and Raleigh. What's up, Pays? Fellas, how y'all doing? I know it's going to be a long one for y'all. <laughs> um, so, here's the deal. You know, I don't want to hear anybody, and I see folks on these message boards, social media, you know, oh, it's an NIL deal. Oh, it's an IPF deal. This don't have a damn thing to do with any of that. Okay, this is a coaching staff that has failed to develop players and evaluate talent. It's the two biggest things that is hurting this program right now. Now, if you, okay, and if you want to use NIL, well, if, if I donate to the NIL and any of the fans donate to the NIL, well, we are stockholders in this program now. So we, we, we contribute money to this program, and it is our, we want this program to be at its highest level or, or at least be able to not get shut out on, on national TV. So John Gilbert has to understand that now. And he has to make a decision now. Listen, was it three point three million? I believe if they if they if they eliminate Mike Houston, I don't think I have the. I, let me say it this way: Who has the confidence that Mike Houston can go in and change and get someone to change this offense? Y'all can talk about DK all y'all want, and listen, he's not the greatest offensive coordinator. End of the day, this is Mike Houston's system. This is what he wants to run. And do you have confidence in him going out and getting an offensive coordinator to be able to do something with this? This is – I always talk about the 90s football, and I love talking about 1997 because you know, that's the year I graduated, but that's the last time we got shut out versus Syracuse, the 1997. This is, this is not this – this has become an ego thing for Mike Houston. You want to spike the ball at the end of the game so you – to give your damn team a chance to cook a field goal so you can go in your press conference and say, oh, we didn't get shut out. Oh, we practiced good for four days. Well, guess what, Mike? I'm sitting in my recliner right now. Yeah, I'm one of those guys that's sitting in a recliner, and you're doing a piss-poor job of being the CEO of East Carolina football, and you need to be the one that's out. Y'all have a great day. All right, B. Pays in Raleigh. You were about to say something, Jason. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead man it's alright nah be pays I feel your pain man I mean it, it's very frustrating but I don't know I mean it, it, it is I mean I, I agree with a lot of what he just said there I mean you gotta you know at some point make tough decisions and um, I don't know man it's, it's just frustrating to be able to uh, sit here and have to witness uh, that there are people that can come in here and fix this program Yeah, he has to be willing to go out and 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 find those people and very qualified people that can come in here and fix the program. Well, and, and I'm sorry. No, and, and that's just what it takes. I mean, you can't, you know, it, it can be done. It can be done. It can be. And and to kind of feed off that a little bit and, and pays his point on the NIL, the NIL now changes the game totally. And in my perspective, this program is going to get worse before it gets better because of NIL. Because what happens now is when you get this NIL money, first of all, 
you don't think any of those players on defense are going to want some of that NIL money and say, look, if I don't get some of that, I'm gone. I ain't dealing with this, not getting any NIL money, putting my heart out there and playing like I'm playing each week and the offense not doing anything. And then you're bringing in a quarterback that's not proven and you're going to give him X amount of dollars while we're over here doing all the work. So that's where the NIL becomes a major issue. I agree with that, but I think in, in, in if we're taking this from a professional standpoint, because yeah, because now you have to—it's a business perspective. It's business perspective, like there's certain guys that you say, "Yes, we got to pay that guy." Yep. Right. We got to pay that guy, and we may have to pay that guy. But those other guys that come to you, you got to be willing to cut bait. Absolutely. I mean, because they got to understand, one, that you can go out in the portal all you mm-hmm. want. 60% of the people that go in the portal does not get picked up. So they can come threaten you with the portal. Oh, I'm going to leave. Yep. And you know what? You got to say, sir, uh, I appreciate all you've done for me. And you, you go. You got to determine whether or not that kid's replaceable or That's not. That's right. And if that kid is not replaceable, you better find a way to pay him. Yeah. If you think you can find another player equal or better than him, you say, I'll see you. And I think that's the way you got to you got to build this thing. So it's, yeah, we got nil money. We got to make smart decisions with the nil money. We have to make sure that we go out and find proven players. I said everybody screams the portal. The portal's not it. It's you junior go. college, yep. and I'm gonna tell you why. They have to play at the junior college. That kid that's transferring from XYZ University was standing on the sidelines. If he wasn't standing on the sidelines, he wouldn't be transferring. So go find the guys that are A, hungry, and B, that's played to where you can watch their film and you know exactly what you're going to get when they walk through the door. Yep, I agree. Let's get a break in so we can get back to your calls. Jack, Kenny, Kyle, Jackson, hang on. We'll get to you right when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Keeping an eye on the scores. Maryland has the ball. they got a long ways to go, but they're only down five to Michigan, 29-24. Louisville has just scored a touchdown to go up on Miami, 37-31 with four minutes left to go. Oklahoma, seven-point lead over BYU, 31-24. Georgia and Tennessee getting underway shortly. We'll have it all for you on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Back with you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rose. All right, let's give you an update on some of the games that uh, kicked off at noon as well. This uh, became a final just a little while ago. Army defeated Coastal Carolina 28-21. to uh, Louisville and Miami are in an absolute dogfight right now. With about four minutes to go in the game, Louisville uh, just scored a touchdown, so they lead Miami 38-31. to uh, Michigan has a 29-24 to lead over Maryland with five and a half minutes to go in that game. Michigan State holding on to a three-point lead, 24-21 to over Indiana in the fourth. Oklahoma leads BYU 31-24 to with about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Penn State beat Rutgers 27-6. Alabama routed Chattanooga 66-10. SMU 
hanging on to a 38-34 lead over Memphis with less than 30 seconds to go. Mississippi State beat Southern Miss 41-20. Liberty has a 42-10 lead over UMass in the third quarter. App State leads James Madison 10-5 in the second quarter. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at The Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly Jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here is your host, Clip Rock. That would be pretty classic if James Madison hosts college game day and then loses to Appalachian State. <laughs> 10 to 5, weird score. What they don't know is Appalachian State was what James Madison was is trying to become. Right, yeah. Weird charity. There you go. Uh, Jack, Kenny, Kyle, hang on. We get back to your calls. We just enjoyed some more wings over Greenville. That'll deliver right to your door. 758 wing and uh, made us feel, uh, I guess, a little bit better after this 10 to nothing pitiful performance by the Pirates today. All right, let's go to Jackson in Moorhead City. Hello, Jackson. Clip. Yo. You can butter my balls and call me Skipper. Two and nine. I never thought I'd see the day. But here we are. So, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. We got a kicker who remembers where he was on 9-11. I mean, the rest of the kids on the team are 17. I'm furious. Tired of it. Don't know where to go from here. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. All right. Well, I think you meant the punter. <laughs> the punter. I don't, Larson, I don't yeah. know what butter my balls means, but uh, it's it's turkey season. Interesting call, nonetheless. Yeah, turkey season. Go. All right. We go to Kyle in the Grange next. Hello, Kyle. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Wonderful, I'm sure. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I kind of settled at a loss for words at this point. First shutout in 26 years, 1997. I remember that day well as Syracuse destroyed us in the Carrier Dome. The difference was after that game, we made changes and ended up going five and six, played NC State last game of the regular season for a chance to become ball eligible and have a win, have a win season, fell short. No chance of that this year. This is year five, three losing seasons out of five years. So people keep forgetting that. A lot of people keep talking about back-to-back bowl seasons. Hell, that's true. This is three losing seasons out of five. This ain't just a losing season. This is pathetic. There ain't no excuse to play that battle on offense. None whatsoever. None. I know Navy has a good defense. I follow Navy's defense all year. I, I love Coach Newberry. thought he did a great job down in Kennesaw. But just pathetic. For the defense to play that well multiple times this year and, and you not to be able to capitalize and stay to get shut out is just beyond embarrassing. And to me, it goes back. Pays made some great points. And believe me, when me and Pays are in complete agreement, that's, that's, uh, that's saying a lot. Um, it's it, it goes back to poor, piss poor evaluation of quarterback talent, piss poor value of piss poor development of quarterback, poor recruiting all around. Um, yeah, NIL. Look, I give to NIL. I'm a member of Team Boneyard. I encourage everybody else to join Team Boneyard. Go to teamboneyard.org and join. Um, NIL. Look, New Mexico State. Ask Doug Martin, former offensive coordinator, head coach of New Mexico State for a long time. New Mexico State's poorest program in FBS. Literally, literally. Las Cruces, New Mexico, and New Mexico State are beyond poor. They're 8-2. and two. It ain't because of NIL. It's because they hired a successful head coach named Jerry Keel, 
who's been has been a winner at multiple levels, including in the Big Ten at Minnesota. He hired a Division three head coach to be his offensive coordinator, and they're winning because of coaching. It damn straight because of NIL. So, yeah, we need to give the NIL, but that is the answer. Mike Houston deserves to be fired because it is complete neglect on the offensive side of the ball that has put us in this situation from a recruiting standpoint, from a development standpoint, and from an evaluation of the quarterback standpoint. It, there's no excuse, man. And then the whole game, you know, at this point, it's Flynn's job, but Flynn ain't going to be here next year. He's going to be a doctor. You know, Garcia ain't the answer, but why not try something different? You, you, you see it ain't working all game. We're not going anywhere. We don't switch the quarterback out. It probably wouldn't have made a difference. But we don't even try it. I, I, I don't know, man. We, 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 I, I think he's just got to go. I think he's got to go. I'm, I, they want more people to give the NIL. I think you got to get rid of Houston. And people, oh, we can't afford to fire him. Well, we saved $900,000 if we fire him. That's the way I look at it because we pay him $900,000 more each year if we keep him. I've been through this a million times. You know, if we keep him, if he would if he would change his approach on offense, let's say he goes hire a self Latrell. If you don't know who self Latrell is, look it up. He, 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 you know, successful head coach at North Texas, was offensive coordinator at UNC under Larry Fedora. Right now he's an analyst at Oklahoma. He would bring in an up-tempo spread offense. But Houston's not going to do that. He likes to play Big Ten football. That ain't going to work at East Carolina. And Houston does not know how to develop a program long-term because he ain't ever been anywhere long-term. I feel like I'm a broken record because I say the same thing every damn week. He was at Lenore Ryan three years, the Citadel two, two years, James Madison three years. And James Madison sure ain't missed him. He's got to go. I just don't think he can fix it. Some people need to step up and write checks. I know you got a lot of people who don't want to give the team bowling yards because they don't like the Hintons, and that's fine. You know, I Troy's boss, Harry Smith, maybe he needs to write a check and get rid of Mike Houston. I mean, there's a lot of people with money that, that probably are sick of this crap just like I am, and they need to step up. Gilbert sent out that letter yesterday begging everybody to give the NIL. Why don't Gilbert step up and have some balls? All you see him do is write in a little letter. Why don't you get out and speak to Pirate Nation? Apologize for this bull crap that's on the football field. All we do, we get Mike Houston in press conferences talking about Angry fans with hate in their heart. Well, this angry fan right here has been around here a lot longer than you, and I'll be around here after your ass is gone. And how dare he say angry fans with hate in their hearts, spewing hate, whatever he said. How dare he call out fans when we give our money to the Pirate Club, when we give our money to NIL, and he has the nerve to call us out making over $2 million a year. I don't make nowhere near that, yet they want me to give my money to NIL and then produce this piss-poor product on the football field. Some things have to change, and it ain't all Donnie Kirkpatrick. They want to put all this on a 67-year-old offensive coordinator or however old Donnie K is. Well, who hired him? Who kept him here this long? Who trusted his evaluation of quarterback talent? Who made the decision not to aggressively pursue a quarterback in the portal? That was all on the head coach, Mike Houston. When I blame people, I blame the people at the top. Mike Houston... John Gilbert. That's who I'm looking at. Guys. I'm not going to sit there and blame players. I'm not going to call out our punter who is on AARP, by the way. Something has to change, and it needs to be more than just Donnie Kirkpatrick. And if we get rid of Donnie and keep Mike, Mike has to commit to a complete philosophy change on offense. We need to be able to recruit offensive linemen that are able to take a wider split. We can't get it tight like we're trying to do and run this pro-style BS. It just ain't going to work here. I'm done. 
Go Pirates. I don't know if I'll be at Tulsa or not. Who really cares? Kyle from LaGrange calling in. So I, I do agree on a lot of the things he said, most of the stuff he said anyway. Uh, the Gilbert thing, look, my whole stance on this, and I'm probably, I might even get heat from the university about this. I don't care because I don't work for the university. But let me tell you something. When I, wrote, when I read that, how many times have you guys gotten something? And, and our, our viewers and callers out there, ask yourself, how many times have you got something in the mail on a letterhead or something asking you for money? And how many times did you immediately look at it, rip it up, and throw it in the trash? How many times on the flip side has somebody called you and it's a little harder to get them off the phone and say no to somebody's face? Why are they not calling everybody they can? Screw these letters asking for money. And I agree. Somebody make it. Has John Gilbert made any NIL contributions? I don't know. Don't know. Has Mike Houston? I think Cliff Godwin gives his money back to ECU. I've seen that. Anybody else over there? Hello? Don't Nobody? Know. Don't know. I, I don't know. know. I mean, I don't know whether I know. Yeah. I have it. I yeah. Know. I mean, that's a big question. Yeah. 317-1250. Let's go to Kenny in Blunt's Creek. Hey, Kenny. Hey, guys. Uh, we'll start off with a positive. Y'all guys look really good up there on the big screen outside. Uh, that I'm watching. <laughs> His big screen oh, at home. Okay. Yeah, but uh, and uh, you know, let's let's go ahead and get the apologies out of the way. Uh, uh, just for a fan that uh, loves football, uh, I'd like to apologize to the uh, defense that y'all really had to suffer through this uh, pathetic offense and wasted y'all's uh, great uh, uh, talent this year. The, the defense has played winning football all year long. They they've uh, they've done everything. We've asked from them and gave us chances to uh, win, but we can't play offense. We're terrible. Uh, you know, I don't really know what the answers are. I just know that uh, next Saturday, what, game starts about 2, should be over around 6, 6.30. There's not a press release about 6.30, 7 o'clock from East Carolina saying that there's some changes in our offensive coordinator uh, announcing that the uh, Alex Flynn, who's not a good quarterback, is not coming back next year, that Mason has hit the portal, and that we're going to go out and find us a quarterback, and Mike Houston is willing to make a change on his philosophy on offense, it's going to be hard to pony up some money when it comes time for uh, our club dues next year and paying uh, for five, six tickets like I do. I ain't got that kind of money. And I'm tired of putting it into a program that don't want to give it back to us. And uh, it's just sad. Uh, I'll end on this. We just, one time today, we had a chance to score points. And that was, what, a 50, 40-plus yard field goal try. And that's it, guys. Nothing else. It's uh, it's sad. We'll uh, see you next Saturday, guys. Stop by the tailgate. We'll have some fun. And uh, you might even catch us wearing a bag during the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kenny and Blunts Creek. Appreciate the call, as always, Kenny. 317-1250, we'll keep it rolling with Jack in Greene County. Hey, Jack. Hey, brother. How you doing, Clint? Doing all right. What's up? <laughs> Man, I appreciate you guys. I know it's a, it's a suffrage every week, especially when it's a loss. Um, 
I, I, I want to say how great we have it in basketball and baseball. We've got some really good coaches. I think that, you know, Mc, McNeil and Swartz and obviously Cliff, you know that, that uh, Cliff Godwin is, is the man in baseball. We've got some really positive steps there, and I'm really proud about that and really happy. Um, it, it's interesting to see that we're still continuing with our philosophy of don't give the backup quarterbacks any chances, um, no matter what their, you know, the, the person ahead of them in line is doing, you know, uh, I'm glad that we're not about the next man up philosophy because that has worked out swell for us. <laughs> um, I also am, am, am amused at the asking for money when, when's the last time you heard them say, hey, listen, guys, we, we're on the cusp of a cancer, uh, you know, cure. We just need, we need about 20000 more dollars to pay these professors or these researchers that are doing it. Uh, you know, it's thank God that the basketball teams are doing great. Thank God it's almost baseball season. Uh, thank you, Wings Over Greenville, for feeding, you know, our friends there. And we love you guys. And as always, go Pirates. What a sham. What a shaft. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys. <laughs> All right. What an end to that call. Thank you, Jack in green county 317-1250 we'll get another break in we got mason william and ryan hanging on and we have one open line and we've got a tennessee volunteer touchdown is that a kickoff jason handoff oh first play from scrimmage to the house about 80 75 yards yeah it's tennessee six nothing pat pending over number one georgia All right, we'll be back with your calls when we return on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Post-Game Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, the number. If you're calling in now, you're getting a busy signal because our four lines are locked and loaded. If you will, we've got almost 300 more viewers than we have likes on the YouTube. If you could hit that thumb, we'd appreciate that. If you have not subscribed, just click the subscribe, and we'd appreciate that as well. Uh, We got Shirley Rhodes answering your calls. Young Joey on the video. Billy Weaver, Jason Nichols joining myself clip rock in the studio we got jacob mason and william hanging on let's go to ryan in charlotte hello ron hey guys yeah that's uh, another frustrating one today i'm sure it's already been touched based on but first time we've been shut out in a game since 1997 it's like the one stat ecu had to its name for a while was 26 years without a shutout and that streak has unfortunately ended today i mean this is now the 10th time in program history we've lost nine games or more in a season. And only once, it was 1994, that uh, we were able to turn around nine losses into a bowl game the following year. If we lose next week against Tulsa, it's going to be just the second time in program history we've lost double-digit games in a year. And I just don't see how Mike Houston's job can be continued at any point if it's been just one frustrating collapse after another this entire season like i thought charlotte was rock bottom this is somehow below that but 
appreciate everything you guys do. I know it's uh, been a frustrating and difficult year, but I always enjoy listening to uh, Fifth Quarter. Go Pirates. Ryan, I agree with you. I thought Charlotte was rock bottom as well, but uh, today certainly was. Yeah. See, I disagree. I, I, I think Charlotte was still rock bottom. And the reason why I think Charlotte was rock bottom because Charlotte wasn't a good program. What we saw today by Navy, that's that's a better team. <laughs> they play better football than what Charlotte does. And at the end of the day, Charlotte is not a good football team. I know they got three wins or whatever they got. I mean, it, it, it didn't even pass the eye test. only thing Charlotte had was a quarterback that could run speed option. And they should have shut us out, too, if not for a muff punt, right? Yeah. The only way we scored in that game. Charlotte, Marshall, App State, none of those are really good teams. Nah. And they and we lost all of them. Right. This is very interesting that um, Rajay's dad tweeted out about an hour ago. Out of all the things Rajay has done for this university, and this is how you repay him, this is a joke. The disrespect is unreal. Never missed a practice or a game. This is unreal. And then later on, he went on to tweet... Um, a running back of his caliber needs to touch the ball at least 15 times a game, ECU, and then he has the emojis of covering your face kind of thing. So that, I was, just, that just speaks volumes. I've been saying, Jason, like I'm, I'm worried about it unraveling like in the locker room and stuff with the losses piling up. And I mean, things like this happen when, unfortunately, yeah. when you, you have years like this. Yeah. It's finally reaching the breaking point for some. Yeah. It seems yeah. like. Yeah. And, and the frustration boils over like that on social media. Yeah. Yeah. That's the easy way to get to it nowadays. It is. Yeah. It is. And it's the knee-jerk reaction, too, because people get frustrated. I've done that before, where you just get so frustrated. And, Clip, I've seen you tweet about the commanders. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, every, you get yeah. into it, and every you're just Sunday. like, oh, God, I just can't stand it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's sometimes I've been wanting to put stuff out there. And I say, <laughs> you're nah, better nah, at it than most nah, let me of not, not do doing that. that. It's not working in the long run. <laughs> yeah. just, just understand. I admire your self-control, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Just say that. Yeah. It's, I want to say sometimes that I don't say <laughs> <laughs> All right. We try to bait you, though. I know. Time to get it Clip, out of. Clip baits them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we go to William in LaGrange next. Hello, William. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Uh, William, you used to be a regular, right? I hadn't heard from you in a while. Uh, I know. It's been a long time. And I joined the Pirate Club back when I was tickled to get a first down with Travis Hunter and Charlie LeBrett and those guys. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was even there when Jason Nichols, number one, was in Tennessee. I was right there with you, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. But uh, I thought the low point might have been A&T with Scotty May, but uh, my God, today was just pathetic. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And I know you can draw a circle from Rocky Mount down to north of Wilmington, and I know we're, we're poor rally. But there's some money there, but people are not going to put their money in a sorry-ass project. I mean, that's just the way it is, and I don't know what else to say. And the defense, bless their hearts, they have played good in the wind. I'm going to say four to five ball games this year. And I know you're a team and you you give it, but I don't think there's anybody to coach the offense to be got. And the only thing I blame Mike Houston for is knowing what we had. And I think Mason would be a good quarterback, but he's got nobody to coach, in my opinion. Uh, I'm a pretty decent fella, but I'm not an offensive coordinator, and I don't think we got one of them either. But this breaks my heart, and I know it does everybody's. And I hadn't called in a while because I'm to the point now where apathy set in. I just don't give a damn anymore. But appreciate you guys. Love you. 
all right thank you hey, good to hear from you william you're a pretty decent feller as you said <laughs> all right 317-1250 uh mason is up in annapolis he watched it all go down today hello mason that's not garcia is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh we'll find out i guess mason are you there I uh, don't hear Mason. Uh, he's in the locker room. <laughs> Coach took his phone. <laughs> All right. You want to go to Jacob in Greene County? All right. What's up, Jacob? Did you drop two? No, I ain't got no patience. I know Monica hang, hung on. We can go to Monica. Oh. Monica? Monica, you are up. Hello. Hey, guys. Good to, good to, hear, good to hear you again today on fifth quarter. Clip, I told you this is going to be the longest fifth quarter ever. Um, I have Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> well, listen, there's been really nothing to say this year because, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of the same old, same old. But, you know, it's, it's definitely an all-time low watching the game today. Um, we had more turnovers than we could convert third downs. We had more penalty yards than we did rushing yards. We scored zero points. Uh, we've not improved at all. We've gotten worse with all the coaching and the practice, and it's gotten much, much worse, and there's no excuse for it. But let me tell you what the all-time low is, because that's not even the worst story today. You know, our coach talks about, you know, people with hate in their heart, and, and today proved that that's not the case. The absolute low of our season now is it is clearly obvious to the commentators who called us abysmal on today's show on national tv several times they they commented that they just didn't see how with this offense we were going to be able to ever come out of this so the cat is completely out of the national bag beyond just the fans and there's no hiding it anymore you can't stat your way out of it you can't say oh we were in it you know by just one play it is clearly obvious even to the commentators on tv that we are abysmal and i'm going to say this Jeff Nadeau comment, commented on that the very first game of ECU season that our offense was abysmal. And I got to say, Nadeau was right because our commentators today called it abysmal. Now, this is why people aren't going to give money to the NIL. People want to give. And I got to give a big shout out to Sup Dogs. How great are our fans and how great is the community at East Carolina University? Sup Dogs put on uh, Twitter today that the next 10 people who donated $100, they'd get $100 back in a gift card. Well, kudos to our local community who does that. Our fans are doing it, and our local community is doing it. Where is the leadership at our university? Every Sunday, I look for announcement that there's a closed-door meeting. I'm waiting for that closed-door meeting. That closed-door meeting needs to come. If we want to win championships, somebody at the very top needs to start taking some action we need to see some closed-door meetings. When you do that, then people will have confidence that you want to win championships and you want to put people in place. Um, as always, I'm going to be there on Saturday. I'm going to root for my Pirates, but I want to see some closed-door meetings tomorrow. All right, there is Monica in Greenville. Good call, Monica, as always. And, yeah, the announcers – like for a while they were trying to be as nice as possible yeah. and use a lot of code words and things like that and finally they were like man <laughs> you, I, i've seen you can't you can't justify this yeah <laughs> look you can only shine up a so long yes and it's still a you know yep yeah. piece of crap there you go <laughs> uh shirley you want to get to bobby let's let's go bobby in west palm beach uh, before we get a break in hey bobby 
Hey, good afternoon, fellas. What's up, man? I don't. I, I, well, I'm I'm like everybody else. I'm kind of at my wits end, my ropes end, and I don't like to call for anybody's job. Um, but I tell you what, if I was John Gilbert, Mike Houston would be relieved of his duties already. Um, not so much just because of the way the season has been, although it's been a dismal season. But I watched that game today, and we have a defense that has been balling out for 11 games. And I, and we watched that game today, and we, have, we know we have no offensive line. They can't run block. They can't pass block. Makes it almost impossible for the, the quarterback and the rest of the team. But you know what? I think it was Kyle from LaGrange that said earlier, he's like, we didn't do anything different the whole game. Why don't we have a, We know how ineffective – our offense has been. Why is there no package in there today for Garcia? If you know, if it's only three or four plays with him running, why is there no? Uh, I think Cy Hatfield's high school coach or something called in a couple of weeks ago. He was a quarterback in high school, I think. Wildcat, something, anything. All season long, we see the same thing. It's just vanilla, and it just isn't working. And we scored zero points. And we didn't do anything different at the main position on that offensive uh, team the whole day. Sad, pitiful lack of leadership. And the other thing that really drives me crazy, we're down 10 to nothing. Somehow, with a minute and a half, we've still got some faint prayer. And Navy's punting the ball from midfield. And we don't bring 11 people to try and block the punt. We got the, the, kick, the punt returner standing back there at the 10-yard line. You know what? I've been watching ECU football since 1987. You know how many punt returns I've seen for a touchdown? I can count them on one hand. (laughs) I remember five or six that were called back on Keith Stokes because of blocks in the back. Remember those? But but yeah, oh yeah, but but you got you still somehow a miracle block a punt, scoop it up, score onside kick. No, we're setting up for best a ninety yard drive, and we can't drive the ball ten yards. We've shown that all all season long. I mean, where is the leadership? Where is try something new? I mean, try something different. I mean, how would you feel if you're on that defense today? My God, we're going to just get run there and three plays in a cloud of dust and punt it again and again and again. You did nothing. No creativity. No trick plays. No nothing. He's got to go. And I hate to say that because I like the guy. He took over a dumpster fire and did a good job for four or five seasons. But this is beyond anything he inherited. I mean, this is literally program epic ineptness on offense. I'd, I'd, I'd make Blake Harrell the interim, talk to him, and say, "What's your? if we make you the head coach, what are you going to do on offense? And if he comes up with anything reasonable, you hire Blake Harrell <laughs> before the whole defense leaves. I'm serious. This is this is pitiful. I mean, yeah. I've got 76 years. I sat in that stadium and watched some bad football, but I've watched some great football, too, and I know what we can do here. And this conference is watered down right there for our taking. And if we continue with Mike Houston, just expect more of the same. Go Pirates. Hopefully we win against Tulsa. I'm out. Bobby. Great call. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me. <laughs> if he says anything. If he says anything yeah. on offense. If he even I has don't. a response. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Did you watch the SNL skits with Will Ferrell when he was playing Alex Trebek? Yeah. He's like, answer. Just anything. say anything. Just, say, write just down, write down yeah. anything. <laughs> Any word in the English language. <laughs> I will give you the answer. All you have to do is write it down. I love that sketch. Billy got tickled. Uh, That just immediately reminded me of that. That is hilarious. Oh, God. 317-1250. Paul Clifford, hang on. Zach, hang on. We got a couple open lines. 
<laughs> we'll enjoy some more wings over Greenville during the break. They will deliver right to your door, 758-WING, and we'll be back with more of the U.S. Sailor 5th Quarter Call-In Show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio Scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, Louisville managed to hang on and defeat Miami down in Florida, 38-31. Michigan intercepted a last chance attempt by Maryland to tie it up. So they lose 31-24. Michigan State survived Indiana 24-21. It was Oklahoma beating BYU 31-24. Liberty all over UMass 49-18. Appalachian State still holding on to that 10-5 lead over James Madison. It is uh, Rice uh, beating up on Charlotte right now. It's 21-0 is that score in the third quarter. Cincinnati trailing West Virginia 27-7. In the second quarter, at the half, is Arizona 28, Utah 7. Duke trailing Virginia right now with eight and a half minutes to go in the first half, 10-7. And uh, North Texas leads Tulsa 14-7 in the second quarter. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day every Sunday. You can kick off the day with uh, the Buck and the largest 4K screen in Greenville. They also have an 18 TV, so you don't miss any of the action. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday with the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here is Clip Brock. All right, Shirley, did you say the Iowa score just then? <laughs> oh, hold on. I, I got it right no. here. Could you report I did not. it, please? Oh, oh, it's good. Can you, can you see that? Is that the score? Yeah, it's two to nothing. They made a they made a, they made a jump shot. Iowa, by the way, I think what? with Kent State, oh, is it Jason? Who's the uh, team down there with ECU? I can look it up real quick. Bottom three offenses in America. Oh, it's Eastern Michigan. I'm sorry. Uh, Kent is right ahead of ECU. So Iowa has the worst offense, Eastern Michigan, and then East Carolina. After today, we may drop a little bit. But well, we the call end. them East Michigan and us Eastern Carolina. Because <laughs> when uh, you're in the bottom, you don't get any respect. But Iowa right now up two to nothing. And that might be enough. That might be all the points in that game. Wow. All right. Uh, we have an open line, 317-1250. We also have Mike Houston comments if you care to watch and listen to those. And we'll play some for you here on the show uh as we move along uh jim paul hang on let's go to zach in dunn hello zach hey guys ain't no need to tune in to the uh, mike houston comments all he's going to say is the kids had an opportunity in the fourth quarter to make it a ball game and we just couldn't capitalize on the chances i hadn't looked at it but i guarantee you that's what he said uh the problem that we got is he sits there and he paints his picture like we're a family and we you know like blake harrell said a couple weeks ago this we fence Mike, the offensive side of the we fence is struggling. Um, I don't know how we hadn't talked about that uh, euphemism that uh, that Blake used, but that was that was horrible. And I, I get what he's trying to do, but 
you know, look at baseball. We've got Cliff, who, yeah, he's a pirate, but he believes in he believes in, in what this athletics program is trying to accomplish, and he makes a lot less money than Mike Houston, and he's given a huge chunk to the university because he believes in it. He truly believes in it, and that's what we don't have. Uh, you know, Mike Houston's sitting there and preaching from this high horse, but, uh, you know, nobody is bigger than the program. Well, the fact that we haven't fired Donnie Kirkpatrick because we're waiting till the end of the season to put him out in the pasture and watch him ride off into the sunset, that's a selfish decision. That's putting one man above the program, and, and he's setting the program back by years because we have wasted a defensive mastermind in Blake Carroll this year. And I say mastermind – He's had a great year, and he's going to go and get poached by one of these bigger schools that can pay him a lot more money to go do a great job. And once that happens, I fear that the defensive side of the ball is just going to unravel, and they're going to hit the portal. And, yes, we've got guys that people are going to just go nuts about. Um, and that being said, John Gilbert really needs to take a look in the mirror because his contract's expiring, I believe, in 2025. And if 2025 – comes around and this program is floundering the way that it is right now he might be on the chopping block too and uh you know board of trustees might need to step in it's just it's getting unbearable um you know monica to monica's point yeah it'd be nice to see some uh, some closed doors meetings but the time for that was eight weeks ago seven weeks ago whenever the struggles were starting to really set in uh we've got one week of football left there's no leaders on this team uh, nobody has stepped up. Uh, there's zero personality on this offensive side of the ball. It's, well, let's see if we get three plays or four plays this drive. Um, there's nothing there. It's, it's not exciting to watch this. It's terrible. It's a sad state. Uh, I'm glad that we've only got one week of football left. I can't believe that I wasted another summer away by wishing that it was football season. Uh, I guarantee you I'll do it next year. Um, but, Changes need to be made, and uh, I hope you guys have a good evening. Thank you for all that you do, and we'll talk to you whenever we talk to you, man. All right, Zach, appreciate the call and uh, and getting your frustrations out here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. All right, 317-1250. Paul Clifford, our old friend, is calling in from the state of Pennsylvania. What's up, Paul? Your phone stinks, Paul. Hello? You know what else stinks? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? My, my phone stinks. How are you guys doing? I'm here driving back from my home uh, in Happy Valley after uh, the Nittany Lions got back on track against Rutgers. A good friend from Greenville joined us this weekend. Alan Thomas is riding shotgun here with me. So we've uh, we've had a good time. But I got to tell you, it's uh, it's disappointing hearing Alan you know, talk about his beloved Pirates and, and what they used to be and what they are today. And those of us who spent a lot of time in Greenville and really cared for the program, it's just it's sad to see sad to see where it is today. Yeah, and the only way I could compare it, Paul, our offense every week looks like your offense against Ohio State and Michigan. Wow, that's a... <laughs> I mean, in our defense, we score. Shot across the bow. <laughs> Definitely a shot across. And, and, and we're doing that, Paul, against Charlotte and Navy and other teams. So it's not the same at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. I um I Alan reminded me of the fifth quarter and uh how much I enjoyed listening to y'all when I lived there and just wanted to uh get back in on uh calling in and checking in on the Pirate Nation. Well, it's good to hear your voice, Paul. And uh yeah, I saw uh, AT's pictures there. That guy's everywhere. He'll be at like three other games today somehow too and show up on social media. I don't know how he does it. Well, hey, Cliff, keep inhaling purple and exhaling gold. Oh, I love that phrase. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> All right, take care. Y'all have fun. There is Paul Clifford, our old buddy. Uh, there, the Penn State guy. And uh, they get a W today. That's another place I want to go to see a game. Happy Valley? Yeah, I was telling Jason I want to go to Tennessee because, you know, they're on the TV right now. That's Tennessee and Penn State. And a whiteout. Yeah, Penn yeah. State. All right, let's go to Jim next. Hello, Jim. Hello. Hello, Clip. Oh, boy. Clip, hi. Jim Stevens, ESPN Sports. How are you today? Good. Fantastic. Hey, just looking for your opinion on today's game. Uh, We're coming to you live from Annapolis, Maryland today. Uh, Looking to see uh, just basically uh, what we did right, what we did wrong. Uh, just seeing how any any way we can improve. Well, you're you're the reporter, right? I thought you were supposed to tell us that. Yeah, you're there. That's correct. So, so what we saw a lot a lot of defense there, and I know we got Mr. Nichols and Mr. Weaver on the line as well, and uh, we were basically looking for an opinion, maybe a comment on just what we could have done. Maybe next week if we have something coming up. Uh, any? No, there's no hope. Score, we, score more points we, than they do. We have nothing, Jim. <laughs> there are no answers not to fix. There's no quick fix to this one. That's right. Put a couple, couple more on the scoreboard. Uh, but uh, where do you think we saw uh, just basically uh, room for improvement? and uh, Everywhere. Next question. Look out of place. Everywhere. Next question. All right. Fantastic. How do you think the offensive line did? Bad. Next. <laughs> defense went great <laughs> all right that's that's true only gave up 10 today which is great i mean defensive line i think held their uh... as soon as shirley's done answering that call jim's gone i'm just waiting on her all right there's jim all right 317-1250 toby is up in archdale in just a moment on line two shirley thank you we will get to toby what's up toby hey clip what's going on guys what's up man i don't know much uh i wanted to kind of call in i usually don't call in i usually the guy that's driving home listening to you guys but since i'm not going to annapolis and i'm not coming back from greenville i decided i'd call in today from my couch not the recliner (laughs) Um, so here's the deal monica hit on it you know i i think you know everybody's clamoring we we need to hear you know fire mike houston and fire donnie kirkpatrick i think we need to start looking at gilbert you know hey He's not going to – maybe he needs to step up to the plate, you know. And, and I think we've you, – you kind of hit on it, you know. Are they giving back to the NIL? Are they giving back to the university? I know other coaches. We know Cliff is. I think some other of the other coaches are. And, you know, Gilbert's done a good job with some of the hires, some of the other sports. I look at basketball. The both basketball programs, there's a lot going on with that. Um, there's a lot to be excited about with women's volleyball and all these others. But again, at the end of the day, the two sports that are our money makers are football and baseball, and we got to get it right with football. So here's my thing: we need ECU people at the helm. I've been saying it. 
I said it on Facebook. I'm Jonathan on Facebook, not to confuse you guys. But anyway, we need ECU guys at the helm. We need to fix what we did wrong, and we need to get Ruff back in here. Make, make him the AD. Fix what Stanton and Comfort did wrong. Break the curse, and let's let's get football back over where it needs to go. Get ECU people in here that care about ECU that are going to be here and not jump ship for the next best thing. Sorry, but it, it, it's got to change. Toby, appreciate the call, man. Y'all take care. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, getting this frustrations out here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Once more, ECU people here. Well, I tell you what, I'm not going to call for uh, Gilbert's firing, but I will say this. I agree 100,000% in getting ECU people in leadership situations at ECU that want to be here for the long haul. We have proven time and time again, be it coaches, ADs, staff members, what have you, the ones that are using this as a stepping stone to get the other jobs. And I get that. There are those. There's always going to be those. But first and foremost, I think we need ECU people here in all positions that want to be here for the long haul because that's how you fix programs. It doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. You can pump in a bunch of lot of NIL money and it's going to help. It's going to be a short fix, but you need a long haul fix. The CN and Ruffin McNeil go hurts my feelings. Seeing, you know, guys like uh, Steve Logan, I mean, he would have been here forever. You know, those guys, that hurts. And, and I think you need people here for the long haul. Well, I, I think you, you're totally correct with that because you had guys that, you know, that was content with being here. And when you have guys that are content with being here, i.e., look at what Cliff is doing over there at baseball. Right. Cliff he's, is an ECU guy. He's invested. He and, is. You know, I, monetarily, physically, mentally, 100%. He is all in. Yep. And uh, so, you know, and I'm not saying that there won't become a point in time where maybe something comes his way to where it's, it, you can't turn it down. You know, there is a, a moment in life where you're saying, man, I just can't turn that down. And Pirate fans will understand that. understand, but like to run because somebody's going to give you, you know, a million dollars more, mm-hmm. that's not worth the move. No. You know, I tell you that from coaching. Stay it's, here and make your home better and you'll get that million dollars and more in, in your return and invest on investment. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about being a Pirate is you got to be tough and you got to be willing to roll up your sleeves because it's not easy. Nope. You know, when we played here, it wasn't easy. <laughs> You know, and that's when I talk about the chip and all that stuff on your shoulder early in the season. Um, I, I was frustrated because that's what I, I looked at. And I'm like, man, we just don't have that chip on our shoulder. Our defense plays with it. You know, they really do. But uh, offensively, we haven't shown that this year. But some of that is just roll up your sleeves, man. We've never always had the best talent. We can sit up here and say whatever we want about NIL. When we went and played teams like Miami and South Carolina and and West Virginia and Syracuse and Virginia, we didn't have the best Mm -hmm. athletes on the field. But you know what you had? A group of guys that knew what we had to go do to go win the game. And we had great coaches that put us in great situations to win the game. Yep. Because you said we don't have a great O-line. You know what? We don't. Well, let's minimize them. Let's take them out the game as much as we can instead of, you know, highlighting their weaknesses. 
let's highlight their strengths mm-hmm. and, and get them out of the game a little bit. So, you know, I can go into a lot of stuff when it comes to that. I tell you guys, there's a lot of things I like to say sometimes, but I just hold it in because it's, I can eat up the whole show with that. Right, <laughs> right. Do that. But uh, it's stuff like that that you got to you gotta bring people that can come in here that knows how to do more with less. Can't bring somebody in here that's been sitting in the SEC. That's right. And I'm going to tell you why. Because they, you tell me what the money shortage is at the University of Tennessee in Georgia right now. Not very many, right? Mm-hmm. You get whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Bring somebody that knows how to roll up their sleeves and put together a plan and go fight for what we need here at East Carolina. I agree. 317-1250. Jason Nichols, Billy Weaver, Clip Rock here with you. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. Young Joey on the video. Kevin, David, Raven, and Mike. Hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Back with more after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. Wings over Greenville. Drop by some tenders, some traditional wings, some tots, and some waffle fries. And uh, we have enjoyed those despite the 10-0 loss today. East Carolina falling to Navy in Annapolis. We had, we had Dolly Parton on the TV, walking with Peyton Manning on the field there in Knoxville. As, uh, as Georgia's still up, I think it's Georgia 10-7, to 7, yes, over Tennessee. Tennessee with the ball as they start the second quarter. Let me just say, Dolly's like 90 years old, and she still looks good. She's 90? No, I'm, I'm oh. kidding. But Mark but I, let me tell you what. I think she's in her 70s. I can Google it up real quick. But I'm say look at her. That. Look at her. Well, she's she's in. in she had a, Google, Google she's her up. In good she's shape, I'll say. She's had some work done. Oh, yeah. No, ton. Really, from, from day it. one. Oh, from day one. Why? Were you, were you going to guess, Joey? Well, you can guess. I was, was going to guess 73. All right. What do you got, Jason? 78. All right. It is 77. Wow. See? 77. Tell me she don't look good for 77. Relax, Billy. <laughs> Three months I'm trying to bring a positive spin to this show. <laughs> Always good to see Dolly. 317-1250. Kevin, David, Raven, hang on. Let's go to Mike in Greenville. What's up, Mike? Man, I just got thrown a curveball. We are Googling 77-year-old women. <laughs> That's what the season has come to. <laughs> That's what it's come to. <laughs> wow. Hey, maybe Dolly can be uh, our new coach. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys listen to a police scanner or not. I have one there. I, I think Blake Harrell uh, just got called in for an, an assault or simple assault or something like that. So all you Power 5 schools out there looking for a coordinator, you probably don't want this guy. Uh, I think he probably should hang around at ECU. Uh, looking forward to next year trying to, and Billy, you and I got into a conversation earlier on Twitter. Uh, I don't I don't know if Elon will ever get away from calling it Twitter. I don't know how you call it X, but talking about development for next year, uh, you want to see something different of who's on the roster, who can perform, who can do this, who can do that. Um, Yes, Garcia has had ample opportunities to prove his worth, but he has never had a game. Uh, He sat a few games. I was fully expecting to see him in the second half 
didn't see him either. So, uh, and this is a serious question, Cliff. I know you leave early for practice. Is that to take questions at the end of practice or to actually watch the practice itself? I don't get to see any of the practice. I'm, uh, I go right to the room where they come in and walk in and we ask questions. Gotcha. So don't know, don't know how Jeter is performing during practice. If he's performing, um, you would certainly love, uh, Billy, I agree with you, to see him in the situation and see what he has. Uh, I think we're setting ourselves up for the same situation as last year uh, when Garcia didn't get any run and it hurt him to begin this year. Yes, it would be behind the Swiss cheese offensive line, but at least let him see uh, what it would look like. Uh, my concern is I don't know if our answer at QB is on this roster or not, and it doesn't look like we'll find out this year. Uh, we'll have to find out going into the spring next year. Jason, uh, my man, it won't be part of my conversation, but I think you hit it on the head. ECU has always had to do more with less. Uh, NIL cannot be a crutch for how ECU performs. I admire sup dogs to the most. You know, thank you for putting that money out there. Thank you for supporting the community. Uh, Anson Belt as well. They stepped up. The problem is, this is Greenville, North Carolina. You don't have multiple individuals that are willing to do that. So we have to think outside of the box and be able to develop players. And you know what? If ECU is a springboard of players to become P5 players, then guess what? That means ECU is successful. If ECU is development for coaches to become P5 coaches, guess what? That means ECU is, is successful. Right now, nobody is beating down the door to take our current coaches, and that's a problem. So we have to think outside the box. Uh, we have to do more with less. Uh, Clip, Jason, Billy, I appreciate appreciate you guys being there. Certainly appreciate what you do, and I'll hang up and listen. Mike, good to hear from you, bud. Appreciate you, Mike. And <clears throat> he's right in a lot of ways because I, I just think back of the times that we were here. Man, we lost a lot of good coaches when I was here, from Chuck Pagano mm-hmm. to Doug Martin to Todd Berry. All guys gone on to get head jobs. Jim Fleming, uh, Coach Webster. I mean, we yeah. we can go down the list. Just and after you with Lincoln. Lincoln, when, after, you know, we, yeah. we left here. and But uh, you're, you're right. There's something to be said about that. We had a lot of quality coaches that even went on uh, Bob Babbage. Uh, we can go down the line. Larry Corrier was NFL yeah, DC. Yeah. I mean, for years. So uh, you're right about that. And look, as much as people talk about Mo, well, look what he's doing in the NFL. He's in the NFL. I mean, you know, and that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. you know, I, and, and as far as the quarterback situation goes, and I know that you know, if like Houston and and the coaching staff had said at the beginning of the year, we've got two quarterbacks that we're gonna we're gonna play both quarterbacks. Why wouldn't you say at this point, well, heck, we're going to try all three quarterbacks? Why wouldn't you? Today, you knew early on, early enough in the first half that Flynn wasn't getting it done. So if the argument was, okay, well, then we need to play Garcia, fine, play him in the second half. Didn't see that either. And then when when your offense scores zero points, why on God's green earth is any idea – out of the realm of possibility. Can you answer that? I can't. I mean, seriously. I think, I think you know, like if you, you're truly answering the question, you're saying, man, we're trying to find a way to win a game, then put these other guys in to see what they got. I, I hear the story, and I, I heard everybody's been calling for Jeter, and I totally agree. 
Because if we don't, are you willing to let this kid leave your program without truly knowing what he is? Right. If that's what happens down the road, you know. Um, I would, you know, I don't know, but they know something we don't. So I, I got to trust that what they're seeing has to be greater than what we know. <laughs> okay, and what we do know though is we have not seen exactly what they still haven't seen. Jeter in a real game in a real situation under real pressure. So you can these people can scream all they want and say, well, the coaches must know because they see him in practice and he's maybe he's not a good quarterback. Well, I can tell you, they don't know that he is not a good quarterback if you don't see him in the game in real action. That's the bottom line. And we haven't seen it. I I think they and I don't know why we didn't bring anybody else in, but I think they knew from the beginning that Garcia and Flynn weren't going to be the guy and maybe they already know Jeter is not going to be the well, guy then without that's, seeing him on the field. Well, and and that could be the case too. But then what that's an indictment on absolutely. Who? the universe, the the program, the, co- the coach. Absolutely. Yeah. So, by the way, either way it doesn't look good. Right. Uh UB stat sheet Alex Flynn 24 of 38, 155 yards, two interceptions. Uh that is 6 yards per completion and 4 yards per attempt and uh just dreadful numbers. Uh, and most of those completions position. were early on in swing passes out in the flats that lost two yards. And a couple on third and eight for mm-hmm. four yards. For, yeah, that didn't pick up first downs. Mm. 317-1250, Raven is up in Atlanta. Hello, Raven. Hey, guys. Um, just want to say I appreciate all that you guys do. I've been watching on and off all season, so thanks for hanging out in there. It's been some tough calls. Um, I'm an ECU alum. I graduated in 2017, and me being an out-of-state student, <clears throat> one of the things that drew me to ECU was the nursing program, the community in Greenville, the support around the university, and of course, pirate football and the game day experience. And I remember being a student, and being in the Boneyard Club was a thing. Like everybody had to have a Boneyard membership. Everybody had to be at game days on Saturday or Friday or whatever day the game was there. And I just, I'm not quite sure if that culture is, you know, still there amongst the students. We've had classes of students now that haven't seen a great program. And it just really upsets me, um, you know, just watching kind of the decline of of the program. And I know last year um, we were able to win a bowl game and I thought that was great. I was looking forward to Mason Garcia coming out and being a superstar. I was. So when that didn't happen, I was disappointed. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let's try some other things. And it just hasn't landed at all. So it's it's been a disappointing uh, season for sure, hoping that they could turn around next year. I don't know what we have to do. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure where we should go as a program. I think the fans still need to support um, I was watching college game day this morning um, with JMU and I was just like, wow, like I, I couldn't believe it. Cause I know like ECU and our fan base and our students and our alumni in the community, like they deserve to have a college game day. We deserve um, for a national spotlight to be on our school. ECU is a great school. ECU has made so many strides and in investment towards our, our programs our facilities, um, you know, updating the new, uh, I think, pharm- pharmacy or, you know, medical 
building that that has came up in the last few years, um, the student center, all of these great investments. And, you know, just to see the athletic uh, program, well, specifically the football program, like take a turn like this, it's very disheartening. I'm still going to cheer for the team. Um, the announcers today, I thought they were very nice to our school in the beginning. They were like, you know, uh, Mike Houston, he's done a pretty good job at turning the program around, but this year hasn't, you know, really been what he, what we needed it to be. And then by the end of the, by the end of the game, they were just like, man, this is, this is terrible. And I remember <laughs> so that, true. So true. He said the score might be six to nine or something like that. He was like, don't be surprised if they only score nine points. And that just shows you like how abysmal our offense is. Shout out to the defense. Those guys are showing up. They're working hard. Shout out to all those kids. Um, you know, like I said, I was a student there. I know how it is. So shout out to all the kids, the coaches. I mean, we, we just got to do better. I want to support. I want to make sure that if I have kids, they can go to ECU too, right? Um, but but we just got to do better. But thank you guys. Great call, Raven. Great yeah, call, great Raven. call. You took the words out of my mouth this morning, Raven. I came in here and Clip was like, are you mad? I was like, heck yeah, I'm mad. JMU has the college game day mm-hmm. there, and we can't oh, get them here. Well, first of all, you said, where's game day? And I told you, and you, I thought you were going to punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, is there not a better game? I thought you were like, you, they should have gone to Tennessee, Georgia. And I was like, wait, are you mad because they didn't pick that game? Or are you mad because it's not us I'm and mad. they got it before us? I'm mad because it wasn't us. I know. I mean, I was pissed off. Like, you know, yeah, they've had some recent little history, but you need to go back in the record books here. Yeah. And and see, that's what gets me. I keep, I'm one of those guys. You got to go back. You got to go back. The problem is we need to be going forward and we got to get it to where people feel what this young lady just called about the right. pride that she right. has in being an East Carolina pirate. And that's why all these people call in here because they got pride about being an East Carolina pirate and get this thing back in the, in the right order. I totally agree. Well, I tell you what, it, it just kind of reminds me of back in the day. If you remember ECU and Virginia tech were like mirror programs, mirror programs. and then Virginia tech took off. They got the break. They got the breaks and they were, but they were winning at the time too. They were they were playing winning football. It seems like whenever there's alignments, whenever there's opportunities, yeah. East Carolina goes right into the tank, yeah. and it just drives me absolutely bananas. And I'm I'm seeing that this and, and part of your frustration is probably okay. Now we're seeing teams like Charlotte, Old Dominion, JMU, App State getting all this national attention, and these programs, those programs are going to start inching ahead of East Carolina's program and it's it's you're, gut-wrenching. You're totally correct because those programs couldn't hold a stick to us no. back in the day. No, and let me let me just say that great call by Raven. Uh, like to hear that a recent uh, ECU student because that's that perspective and all I can say is that my hat's off to the ECU students this year because every game they have showed up, yeah. they have showed out, they have cheered they have done what they have you know are expected to do as a student body and i just hope that we still see that that last game of the season come well, on students you got it it's gonna be after it's gonna be after things i get yeah. it but there are gonna be some students yeah. I, like i said my hat's off to the student body this year i have no complaints ever about the ecu students they have showed up and i just hope that they continue to support this football program 317-1250 we go next to david in garner hey david 
Hey, how's it going? All right. Uh, yeah, we, we showed up uh, to Annapolis today and got put on our ass about, like, Jesus riding in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. I mean, it was a pathetic showing. Um, I mean, Flynn handled the football like a murder weapon, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's doing out there. And then the receivers, like, when he does throw an accurate pass, you know, they run a decent route, they, they get open, and then it's like all of a sudden they start thinking to themselves, like, oh, my God. I'm on live TV. I know I should catch this. He's actually throwing an accurate one, but I forgot I'm not a real athlete. So I'm going to piss down my leg and just drop drop the, the the completion, right? I mean, and, and it happened over and over again. And and who's calling these plays on third down? There were, like, multiple conversions where it's, like, you know, third and seven or whatever, and they're throwing it, like, three yards down. It's like, is nobody paying attention to where the chains are at? I mean, so offense just looks – horrible and we need to do something about that defense look great you know i mean always room for improvement but you know no real complaints there but i mean what raven said i think is very important right prior nations sort of kind of on the verge of like a revolution right it's like you know everybody wants houston gone and i'll just leave with this the athletic director needs to get creative and do something to get him out of this contract before Pirate Nation explodes. Anyways, that's all I got. Go Pirates. Alright, thanks for the call, David. In Gardner, 317-1250. We'll get one more in before we take a break, and that would be from Kevin in Burlington. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Cliff. Um, okay, somebody called for positivity earlier in the call, so I'm going to give y'all some positivity. First and foremost, I would like to wish Shirley you and the rest of the entire staff and your families a happy Thanksgiving. And I just wanted to say thank you for what you do and allowing Pirate Nation to vent because I'm sure this is not fun. Thank you for saying that, Kevin. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Secondly, I would like to give a shout out to my Southern Alamance Pirates or Patriots, excuse me, on the wrong ball game. Um, who advanced, they beat Terry Sanford last night, and they advanced to the fourth round of the playoffs, and we are doing quite well. Um, that's about all the positivity I have. So I would like to start this with a famous quote from the first Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach, uh, John McCain. Buccaneers, Pirates, kind of the same, you know, genre. And he was asked by a... Uh, Reporter, what do you think of your team's execution, Coach? And um, he'd responded, I'm in favor of it. Um, I would like to just put that to the offensive side of the ball. We just did not score for the first time in 26 years. I have never seen anything like that in my life. Um, this has to be, I was texting my cousin, who is a big-time He's in the top 5% of the Pirate Club, and he said this is the worst offense we've had in 30 years. Um, our punter fumbled the football, and as soon as I seen that, I went, oh, my God. We literally have no chance. And to be quite honest, anytime we play on ESPN, I don't put a lot of faith because they call us Eastern Carolina and stuff like that, and they don't even know who we are. The announcers today was spot on, and he said, words out of his mouth was, this offense is abysmal, and, I'm, and I went, 
Yes, it is. I was actually agreeing with the announcer. And the last thing I want to ask y'all, and I want your feedback on, was in Houston's post-game comments. And let me be very clear. This year has not gone the way we thought it would. But, and I don't think he should be fired like a lot of other people do. Donnie Kirkpatrick, maybe. John John Gilbert, definitely no. Because there's a lot of other sports involved in East Carolina than just football, even though it is our big breadwinner. I don't think Houston should be gone, but I found it interesting in his post-game press conference that he said up front he knew that it was going to be a tough defensive struggle. And, and I don't know that anybody else picked up on that because he said, well, we knew coming into it, it was going to be. He, he said it was going to be a low-scoring game. Even this, that, and the other. Yeah. When has East Carolina football in the past, well, outside of John Thompson and maybe Mo, but not even really with Mo, when has a coach ever said, well, we know it was going to be a defensive struggle up front? He's the one preparing. So he knew coming into this week it was going to be a defensive struggle? Why? Because he, he has eyes. He sees that. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Right. I, I saw that too, and it's frustrating. Why? why? It's week 11. Um, he's basically – he can't come out and say our players stink. He is conceded. He can't come out and say the quarterback sucks. He can't come out and say his offensive line can't block anybody. But nope. – Exactly. They kept saying, we are not stretching the field vertically. We have no threat. So Navy was coming up and crowding the line of scrimmage. And I was going, okay, well, why don't you do something like, and maybe I just got kind of babied when Lincoln Riley was here, do some bubble screens or do some something on the outside. They didn't start doing that until the second half till they were already in a prevent defense. First play, first play of the game was the bubble screen to the running back. Yeah. Lost two yards. Lost two yards. Lost two yards. Went away from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and let them stack the line of scrimmage when we're getting blown off the ball. Yeah, this You're offense right. is lost. Man. It's just that there's no fixing it. It stinks. He knew. He he says I knew it was going to be a low scoring game because he knows his offense stinks. Yeah. It's a sad, sad day. It's very sad. I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, Kevin. All right. Thank you all. And again, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Thank you. And all of your family. Thanks, okay. Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. All right. Let's get a break in. 317-1250. Tom, Glenn, Mark, hang on. We'll I need a donut. Calls. Donut? <laughs> yes. Go grab one. Thank you. Get you a uh, uh, chicken and waffles is good. You should do a chicken and donut. You, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you we ever, have you ever had that, over green. You ever had that moment? <laughs> Ooh, hey. <laughs> Check Is it that out. a challenge? <laughs> uh, I have a challenge. We have 202 more viewers than we have likes. Hit the thumb, people. Come on. Hit the thumb. Hit the thumb. Yes, yeah, if you do that, that doesn't mean you're liking the ECU football product that is on the field. You're no. liking Pirate Radio. You're here with us, so go ahead. <laughs> that, that's all we ask from you. Hit it. 317-1250. Back with more after this.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, App State has uh, extended their lead over James Madison. It is 17 to 5 with nine and a half minutes left to go in that game. Rice is uh, leading Charlotte 21-7 with about nine minutes to go. It is Utah trailing Arizona 28-10 in the third quarter. West Virginia all over Cincinnati 35-7 in the third quarter. At the half, Duke and Virginia are tied at 10 apiece. Temple leads UAB 14-10. It is Baylor trailing TCU 14-10 in the second quarter. NC State leads Virginia Tech 14-7. Illinois has a 10-9 lead over Iowa in the second quarter. UCLA leads USC 14-7 with about eight minutes to go in the first half. And Georgia has a 17-7 lead over Tennessee in the second quarter. North Carolina and Clemson are tied at seven apiece in the second quarter. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. The Buck has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss any of the action. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, pizza all day from Pizza Hut, and a weekly jersey giveaway that starts at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular 5th quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on the U.S. Sailor 5th quarter call-in show. Chip, Tom, Glenn, Mark hanging on. Elliot in the chat says, Clip! Why don't all three of y'all call for the firing of Houston? Y'all keep saying this and that, but won't ever say Houston needs to be fired. Clip! Why don't you call for the firing of Houston? Are y'all scared? Uh, Elliot, I don't think... He he could be fired. I predict he will not be fired. There will be major changes to the offense, uh, that being coordinator and maybe some position groups. And I think we'll have at least two new quarterbacks in next year. And it's just uh, Mike Houston, hopefully Blake Harrell, and a completely retooled offense. I think that's what we'll see. I think that's what we'll see, too. I really do. I, I'm not I'm not on the bandwagon right now of firing Mike Houston. Yeah. I'm not. Well, he, he can't ask me that because I'm a coach. I'm I'm never gonna say somebody needs to get fired. I, I know what that is. That means, you know, gotta go find a job, move your family and do all that. And I get that what we're seeing is not acceptable. Uh the easiest thing to do is to go fire somebody. What who do you bring in? And then you gotta do all that. Who are you gonna pay? Because you gotta pay, you know, so I, I hear you. I'm not gonna, you know, you know, cheer for that because I know what comes with that. But do I think that things need to change? I certainly do. Uh, and I think right now Mike Houston knows that. It's what somebody said earlier. He's not going to come on here and say, oh, I need to get rid of this guy. I need to get rid of He's not going to say that in his press conference. Mm-hmm. He still has one more game to play. He has to honor those coaches. He has to honor those players. He's going to do it the right way. He's done it throughout the season. When I felt maybe, yeah, you know, some change need to be made. But uh, it doesn't matter what we think. At the end of the day, he's the head coach. He's going to make the call. John Gilbert is the AD. He'll make the call. Doesn't matter what we say. You guys got a stronger voice than us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> 317-1250. Uh, Chip, Tom, Glenn, hang on. Let's go to Mark and Kerry. Hey, Mark. Didn't hang on. Let's try Glenn and Kinston. Hello, Glenn. Hey. Not going to ask you how it's going. 
Not great, but yeah, you already know. I can't, I can't for the life of me, I can't figure out how we keep being mediocre. I would say probably, I mean, I've been watching pirate football since the early, well, since 1990, my wife went to school there, and I went to all the games. And it seems like we, there's something that we can't get over the hump to be consistently good. And there's, I can't put my finger on it. We, we, we lose the teams that don't have in, in, indoor practice facilities. I bet we could name probably over half of them this year. They don't have a practice facility indoors. Um, I can't blame it on NIL. They don't have any, any more advantage on that than we do our conference teams. I don't know what it is that holds us back because we have advantages over a lot of our conference teams that we lose to. Fan support is by far should be drawing in really good players. I would love if I had that talent and I was a high school player to go to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and go see that fan base and see the students fill up the section every week, no matter how bad we are. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Um, the the football stadium is absolutely – I would have never dreamed it would be what it is in 1990, what we play in now. I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out. Some people say, well, we can't take non-qualifiers. But even when we have we have the same rules as everybody else in our conference, and we always just seem like we have one good year, one one or two good years, and then we just completely fall off. I, I, I don't understand why we go lose to teams that don't have indoor practice facilities, don't have a fan base, don't have a stadium that looks like ours. I, I can name 10 teams that have passed us in the last 10 years. I don't know why. I have no idea. It makes no sense to me. And, uh, yeah, schools that we were ahead of and well ahead of at one point have bypassed us. Yeah, and, and that's what I talked about earlier. You know, it, It's a shame that you see in the Charlotte's App State's the jmus of the world you know getting all this national attention but you know what the bottom line is is it doesn't it doesn't boil down to in this day and age in college football it doesn't boil down to practice facilities it doesn't boil down to how many fans you got in the stands it boils down to wins and losses you know guys want to play for a winning program and they want to play um and and i think the nil has a lot to do with that as well so it's just a it's just a totally different landscape in college football right now and you know and that's the thing is the the more complex this whole college football landscape and college athletic landscape gets the harder it is to put your finger on exactly what the problem is because there's so many of them does that make sense I'm alluding to I mean all the variables, but we have a lot of the things. We have a lot of check marks, right? We have a lot of things that are great at ECU. Things I never thought we would have ever, like a town baked tower and luxury suites. You know, back in the '90s, that was just like a, a dream with the double wide in the sky. I thought that was going to be like you know permanent. Um, I will say this: what has hurt ECU football worse than anything else? or AD decisions on coaches that didn't need to be fired, period. That, that's the only thing I can say right now is Steve Logan, whatever you think about how he was doing, and Ruffin McNeil, those two AD decisions hurt our football program, period. I'll never be convinced otherwise. Um, 
and I, I am not for Mike Houston being fired. I thought he was the right guy to hire. I, in fact, when I watched, I was in the stadium when JMU ran all over us. I'm like, pick up that coach's staff and put them on our sideline next year. So I can't sit here and say that I disagreed with it. I thought it was the right thing to do. I still do until he doesn't make a change with his offensive philosophy. ECU is not going to be a big 10, run it down your throat, offensive line team ever. That's not going to happen. That's not the kind of recruiting that we can get. In um, NIL, we lost all the two best offensive linemen to NIL. That just proves the point even more. You can't count on it anymore. If you do have an all-conference uh, offensive lineman, they're probably going to get an NIL. you got to have an offense that works here. One more point I would like to make. Lincoln Riley, you know who he started when he was offense coordinator, quarterback the first game against South Carolina? Rio Johnson. Shane Card didn't start, and I've heard him talk about it on interviews. I listen to guys all the time. He was pissed. He didn't pout. He went to work. A couple of weeks later, no, that game, first pass, touchdown. He's, he's starting quarterback. Bring in, do something out of the box. Bring in Shane Card as offensive quarterback coach. I, I, I would be in favor of bringing him in as an OC. We bring it with the best offense coordinator we've had was Lincoln Riley. Never been one. Been one for a bowl game. Do something different. Bring him in as a quarterback's coach or OC. He knows Lincoln Riley's offense. He ran it for three years. Bring in Steve Logan as an analyst, offensive analyst. I'd love to see him come alongside. Do something different. Don't do the same thing we've been doing because it's not going to work here. That's all I got. All right, Glenn. Thank you for the you call. Know, you know the funny thing about when these people call in like that about Shane Carden and Lincoln Riley, where do you think Donnie Kirkpatrick – Got it. Cut his teeth at. <laughs> it was under Lincoln Riley, wasn't he? The receivers coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We supposedly run some form of that offense here, so it's not about. I tell people this all the time because I've sat in rooms with guys, and you say, "Okay, just because you bring this guy in, it doesn't necessarily give you success," because you got to know why Lincoln Riley made the calls he made when he mm-hmm. makes them. You know, in. Uh, there's always a fall off between the guy who starts this type of offense yep. to the next guy. Yeah, it's not a smooth transition as far as bring that guy in; he's going to be the answer. No, you better sit down and talk with that guy and say, "What, what are your answers?" Oh. Every, everybody can draw. Uh, uh, if you notice, I think this week was the first time in a long time where, when we first took the field, we didn't really move the ball. Previously, in the last couple of weeks. We always move the ball pretty good on that first drive or so, right? Right. That's because you're going down your script. Right. You put it, your it, plays it, it in. ended in five field goals. Yeah, you know. And you go down your script and you say, okay, here's our best plays that we're going to run this week because we know what we're going to see from those guys here defensively. Okay, what happens when they make an adjustment? Where are your adjustments? Exactly. And that's where we have fallen off as far as we can score early, but we, we, don't have, a, we have a hard time scoring in the second, third, and fourth quarter. Yeah. You said something to me that really resonated off air before we went on the air. Play calling is all about a feel and knowing where my next move. It's a chess game. Making adjustments and a feel. You can you can know all the plays in the world. You can have them all in your playbook. But if you don't know when to call those plays or have a feel of how the flow of the game is going this guy isn't performing the way he was you know we thought he was this guy is not doing what he was 
projected to do. It's all a feel, and I don't see that. I don't. I don't get that feeling that there's a lot of adjustments being made. Yeah, I haven't seen it all year. Yep. I mean, we're basically the same thing every week with a little tweak. You know, you see a little tweak here and there, but sometimes you better dig deep and find somebody who truly knows what they're doing. That's what we have lacked here this year, just watching it. What's your answers once people start stopping this stuff? Right. We've been pretty good in the past to where we've had some good athletes. You know, when you're talking about Holton Aylers and CJ and and uh, Keaton, Deuce, Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell and all those guys. That, yeah, they'll make anything work for you. Right. That's why recruiting is so important. Yeah. Because if you recruit the right guys, they'll make whatever you call look good. Yeah. It's when you don't have those guys where you're – coordinating skills better come into play because now you got to be able to get the other stuff to help people out to make plays bunch them you know like you know we'll, we'll go on. we just have too many things to mask right now because donnie has said multiple times in press conferences it's not just the quarterback right. or just the receiver right. or just the o-line it's everything it's everything <laughs> it's the whole operation the, the receivers aren't catching the ball today there were you know uh, well, Jason and I had talked about it. If if the if the receiver gets two hands on a football, he's got to make that catch. Even if it's a tough catch, he's expected to make that catch. And we saw that numerous times today where it wasn't the best thrown ball by right. the quarterback, but it hit the receiver in the hands. you got to catch that. Yeah, and that's when we said, like, in Donnie's defense – when it is so many issues, the first thing you do as a coordinator is say, I got to take this out, I got to take that out, I got to take this out. We can't execute this. And if we can't execute anything, you're left with nothing. Good, yeah, this that's playbook good is now a page. Right, one page, right. The playbook is now four plays. <laughs> run up the middle, run up the middle, punt. Yeah, it's hard to tell them to, let's add this. Well, shoot, we can't even get this right. Right. <laughs> 317-1250. Let's go back to the Pirate Radio Live line. Tom's up in Greenville. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing, guys? All right. Pretty obvious to me that Mason Garcia is not going to take another snap at East Carolina. He's done. He's he's finished. Uh, if he didn't play today, then he's never going to play again. Uh, and, and it's already been said. We watched Alex Flynn today make no progress, and they didn't. They made no change. You know, at least put Jeter, and he couldn't have done anything worse than what was going on there to start with. Uh, and what I don't understand, I listened to his, uh, to Mike Houston's after post games, uh, remarks. And the first thing out of his mouth was that, well, they took our running game away. And I was trying to think what running game are we talking about? Did somebody give us one before the game and they took it away after the game? And, and it was perfect example of he has, they, they make no adjustments during the game. They run a script, like you just said. And after that, they're lost. Flynn cannot run the ball. He's like running on eggshells on a frozen pond. He takes little baby steps, and he he makes one read, and he's gone. He's That's it. He's, he's finished. And there's not enough money in our nail fund to buy everything that we need. We need a whole bunch of stuff on the, on the offensive side. And I was listening to the conversation you guys were having about how did we get here. We got here because we didn't embrace where we were. When we went in the conference, USA, we had our nose in the air, and we felt like we were slighted. We didn't need to be there. And, we, and it took us 10 years to win two conference championships. And then when we got into the AAC, it, again, we stuck our nose in the air and said, ah, we're too good to be here. While the other teams in the, in, in the AAC went out and they earned and they, they stepped to the plate and they excelled. We've got to get over this 
the way we used to schedule giant killers, you know, get Carolina in, get stated here, get Virginia Tech, get West Virginia, it's done. It's gone. That kind of schedule is, is no longer here. We missed our chance. We Our train left the station about 10 years ago, and we ended up having a, a, a family feud with a bunch of people that were trying to run a football program that ended up screwing boys down up so bad that it. I don't know if it's ever going to recover. And I, I just, I'm just perplexed. I was sitting there just yelling at the, at the TV today. I mean, I, I don't do that often. But it was like Mike Houston could have just gone and tapped the referee, the, 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 the line judge on the shoulder, and just, just take three minutes off the, off the clock and I'll punt. And, and the sad thing about it, the game that we played today, we were down 7 nothing for so long, it played right into the, his game plan. He loves those kind of games. He lives for those kind of games because, you know, I, I, he, after a while it got to a point where maybe, you know, he's thinking, well, maybe the defense will score for us. You know, so that's about all I got to say. I'm just, I'm just frustrated with the whole thing. Tom, always great to hear from you. Thank you, sir. There's Tom in a Greenville. Frustrated with the whole thing. All right, Chip is up next in Farmville. Hey, Chip. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? All right. Look, man, I know y'all had all this all this sad stuff, man. I just wanted to give a call because about halfway through the game, my wife, I turned it off. And she said, you ain't going to be unhappy today. It's our six-year anniversary. So I'm just calling. I know you guys don't know me or nothing like that, but get a little pirate radio uh, happy anniversary, six-year anniversary to me and my wife. And uh, leave all the negative stuff. Hey, happy anniversary. Yeah. And look, let me let me say this. Go tell your wife thank you because she knows best. I have been in that situation, especially with my uh, Redskins, right. Washington football team commanders, where my wife has said, look, stop watching the game. Yeah. Go outside and work in the yard or do something that makes you happy and stop because I'm not going to deal with this all Sunday and you're going to ruin my Sunday because your team is playing bad. So go thank your wife and happy anniversary. I, I will. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you, uh, Chip. 317-1250. Lewis is up in Carteret County. Hey, Lewis. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Doing all right. How are you? Doing good. Um, first time caller, a long time listener, off and on, and um, wanted to call in today just because there's not a whole lot to add to what's already been said. Uh, not just today, but kind of all season as it's developed, and and it's been tough. Uh, all my friends that know me know I bleed purple. Is most everybody, well, everybody on, on this program does. And unfortunately, I've bled a whole lot of it this season and today. And uh, as my father used to say, and he was a charter member of the Pirate Club, which was actually the Century Club when it first started, he said, it's tough being a pirate, but I'll always be a pirate and a loyal pirate. And I will too. And I know everybody is called and is listening uh, feels the same way, and there's a lot of pride in being uh, a fan of East Carolina University and our Pirates. But with that said, uh, I think one of the things that uh, I, just hearing everybody is uh, we console each other and we're frustrated with, uh, um, not with each other, but alongside each other, and, and it is tough. And, and I even, um, uh, today I was watching the game and I, I quit getting frustrated just because I hate to say it, but this, for just this season, 
I've kind of gotten used to it. And I was optimistic. I'm an optimistic person. And I was optimistic again before the, the game started. And I am for every game. And then today, wow, was that tough to watch. Um, credits to the defense. But just, you know, uh, doing the same thing over and over on offense and expecting something to change, uh, just logic says that ain't going to happen. Just as many people have said today already, Try something different. We're, 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 we've won two games. What have you got to lose? Let's try to put something in there and put a plug in here or there and see if it works. If not, try something else and try to get some kind of momentum going, get that spark that's needed. And, and that, there was just no spark there on offense. I, I just didn't see it. None of us did. And not just today. But it's been a tough season. Uh, I'm not a coach, and, and I'm not going to try to pretend to be one and say uh, what they ought to do or not to do. Uh, that's their job. And I think a lot of people have pointed out they're not doing their job very well right now. So it's coming down to a head here uh, next week. That's our last game, and we'll see what happens. And like a caller said earlier, Next summer, I'll be excited about ECU football again. I will for every game, every year, and and, and I love it. Love the whole program, and um, just just wanted to say thanks to you all for having the show and allowing us that uh, are frustrated to kind of go through it uh, together and just keep hoping that it's going to get better. We're going to find some answers, and I, I remember. Decades ago, I saw a, a, well, recently I saw a picture from decades ago. Me and a few friends of mine were wearing bags over our heads, and on the front in purple it said Pyraints, P-I-R dash Aints. And we hadn't won a game in a long time. We kept going to the games and we kept hoping, and, and eventually we got back on track. And here's to hoping that here again we're going to get back on track. I appreciate everybody's time. Thanks for what you all do. And go Pirates. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you, Lewis. And uh, I agreed with uh, a lot of what you had to say there. I mean, we. the problem is we've talked about it since week five or six, right, Bill? Yeah. Like, hey, let's mix something up. Let's do something different. Do something hey, different. By, coming off the bye week, uh, we're going to – we're gonna open it up throw everything out what was the phrase uh that donnie used we're gonna shoot our shot shoot our shot well we're did doing they, a lot did just, they shoot a we're shot just, no today? we're just pump faking <laughs> just pumping <laughs> shot clock's running out we're just pump faking very interesting that lewis was the second caller joining kenny about the uh bag on the head yeah uh comment so i would not be surprised to see a few of those at the last game against tulsa so that's the second caller that's called in and mentioned uh wearing a bag on their head 317-1250 let's take a break andy and mark andy i believe andy is the uh impressions guy oh i believe uh that did houston if, if andy can do another uh donnie. so he did houston two Don, weeks ago donnie, donnie was, last week was classic let's see what he's got this week 
Uh, more to go. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. 317-1250. We're doing a film study with Jason Nichols. <laughs> so much fun. During this New Mexico State and Auburn game. New Mexico State driving, tied 7-7 late in the first half on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Bucks. It's because, it's because you see all these offenses running these plays and you're saying to yourself, why can't we do that? It's it's not that hard. Yeah, you know what what New Mexico State is doing right now to Auburn. They're inside the twenty five yard line, about to score on a seven seven ball game, same and play. they've run the same play four the times. They flipped the field now. There look, look man in motion, jet sweep, the fake quarterback. Finally, Auburn Finally has figured Auburn. it out. Right. After but that was after six times. plays, <laughs> yeah. six times. Yeah. Listen, but they, that's why you got to know why you're calling what you're calling. What New Mexico State said is they have not adjusted to this play. That's right. And I said they're going to keep running it because what can't they do while they're on the field? They can't make adjustments. They, they can't, can't sub. They can't. They, they can't, can't sub, sub anybody in. They got. They got a way. They worked on handling that formation yep. all week. And they do not have an adjustment until they get over to the sideline. And like I, like I said to you, there is no way that they scripted that same play six times in a row. They went off script and they See, did what works. And they're going to run it again. Got to throw it. And they're pass. throwing it. They're passing there, off of there's that. There's your loop. There's your, yep. your hiccup off of that play right there. And the only good thing is that Auburn's DBs locked down. Well, and they, that, they happens. Do that. that happens. <laughs> they can do that happens. That happens. 317-1250, Josh, Johnny D, Andy, hang on. Let's go to Mark and Kerry. Hey, Mark. Hey there, what's going on? What's up, man? Just hanging out there. Hey, uh, you guys are doing a great job as usual. I, I'm, I don't even want to cover what all's been covered. Uh, you know, we all know what where we're hurting at. I did want to talk about Neil a little bit uh, because I've been following that pretty closely. Um. 12-4 is when the portal opens back up. So we need to have uh, – that's when the players are going to be picked and all that. Um, what, uh, what, what goes on that we don't know about, a good friend of mine in Alabama, he's an attorney, assistant attorney general down there, a huge Alabama fan. And Alabama has a guy on the coaching staff that all he does is follow Division One players. And you can't contact the player directly. You can work through his ex-coach or his players or even friends or whatever. And this is what's being done. And this is they're not the only school doing this. So we've – I hope we have our cards in a row. I, the Bill Clark family is – it's amazing what they do for us to to, to contribute all that money. Um, but what I don't think people realize, or maybe they don't talk about it enough, is that the uh, the nil money that's just it's not a one time gift. You know that money goes out. That's a contribution we have to. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Refurbish you know, every year, or actually more than that, the uh, the second um, 
Uh, portal opening is April 15th of all day. But uh, we really need to pay attention to this. And and, it's, and this nil is going to require a lot of money. This isn't a one-time contribution. It, it, it's, it's, it's twice or two or three times a year. And uh, that, that's all I had. All right, Mark. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a new territory. This is the first time this week that John Gilbert's really come out and talked about it, I feel like, and trying to educate people on what it is. You guys were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of folks that don't understand it uh, and, and what it is. So uh, John Gilbert put out a From the Helm and uh, and talked about it a little bit. And uh, you're right, it is something that has to to be – and John Gilbert called it the new normal, and I guess yeah. that's that's what it is now. Well, Mark made a good point because unlike other initiatives, when you're talking about uh, stadium expansions, you're talking about indoor practice facilities, it's usually a one-time gift because once you build that facility or that uh, do that upgrade, well, that money is what that is for. Well, NIL is a totally different situation because these, these players are not going to say, okay, well, I, I want this one-time check. No, you got to pay. It's almost like a, it's a salary for these guys. So this NIL has to be replenished each year because you're going to go through that entire NIL allotted money in one year, especially now when you have so many holes you've got to fill. So, yeah, this is going to be a thing where, you know, it's great that these these people are stepping up, but they're going to have to step up every year. And this is not something that is, is contractually binding. So that NIL could fluctuate from year to year and that's going to be tough handling that situation so the nil like i've said it, it is just it is a totally different animal now and has completely changed the uh the landscape of college athletics yeah. 317-1250 we go to andy in charlotte hey andy uh andy your phone you, you there can't hear you gotta move Oh no, we got to give Andy another chance. We, we, yeah, but if it's Andy, gotta come upstairs, Andy. Andy, come uh, on, Andy, try come again. through for us, man. We ain't got you right now. Oh God! Hey, yeah, there he you is. go, Andy. God, yeah. I, I haven't heard the song since 1983. In the Navy, just played on my playlist. Can you believe that? Oh my God! I what were a terrible timing to hear in the Navy. We stunk at the Navy. That is for sure. But, you know, hey, you know, we went to Annapolis, but, uh, you know, if, if you recall, in the Charlotte game, we did not turn the ball over. And, and, and listen, listen, well, you know, I tell you, I get texts from friends and former players, and they say, you know, we're not that far off. So we're, we're right, we're right there, you know. So everybody just hang on. We're not, we're not that far off. And, yeah, I got somebody here. Wants to talk to you. Do you got Coach Houston's here too? Do you guys want to talk to him? I mean, he's he's right here. I'm gonna hand the phone over. Hopefully, I don't. Hopefully, I don't turn it. I don't turn the the phone over. But, uh, here here he is. How's everybody doing? Obviously, uh, disappointed, especially after this week of practice. Uh, we're not gonna point the fingers. And uh, for those armchair fans with hate in their hearts. We want changes in terms of the offense. You know, we're going to look at ourselves. I'm going to enter a buzzword here. And, uh, you know, we've still got time to turn this thing around. The reason to hit the panic button. And, uh, you know, I'll leave you with kids, compete, practice, 
Go Pirates. And uh, Coach Harrell, Coach Harrell's here, too. I'll let you talk to Coach Harrell. Oh, my God. (laughs) God help me. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Oh, that's uh, the call of the year. That's pretty good, Andy. That is, that is special. Andy has a career. Wow. My favorite part is he knows when to end it. He is good at you know, oh, my goodness. hitting the uh, the punchline and ending the call. And it doesn't go on too long, yeah. and it's it's perfect. And let me tell you what, that Houston voice, yeah. Donnie's good, Yeah, but Houston... Sounds just like he it. could. That's like AI stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he. You know what? We need to get him on the phones, calling people, asking for nil, and saying it's Houston. I would do it in a heartbeat. There you go, Andy. We're gonna hire you to get some nil money through phone uh, contributions. That that's awesome. Gotta enter that buzzword. All right, Johnny oh, D. Goodness is up in Wilmington. What's up, Johnny? Cliff, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Man, he's a trip, man. That guy's a trip. Hey, I know you guys are ready to go to the house. I'll be very brief, man. I got nothing to add to what everybody else said. I just want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving, and thank you guys for what y'all do for Pirate Nation, man. Uh, the shock, Shaquan McMillan's going to get a pick six tomorrow night on national TV. Y'all have a good night. All right, I've enjoyed watching uh, the former pirate Jaquan McMillan making a huge name for himself this year with uh, Johnny's Broncos. Well, his name now is McMillian. McMillian. <laughs> well, and that's uh, Aikman and uh, Buck were calling him McMillian. And so. how about this? I went into a McDonald's the other day, McDonald's. and it said McMillions in there on something that I meant to take a picture of it, and it was hilarious. I was like, what a great, you know, they don't have NIL and NFL now, but what a great sponsor. Well, you can get a sponsorship. He, he right. Making plays. That's Mac Million, and he'll be getting those Mac Millions. All right, I thought that was a catch, Jason, and James Madison was about to set no. up for a field goal. That was an interception. Yes. Yeah. And App State and James Madison, those fans have been up since nine, eight this morning at game day, and now they're going into overtime, so we'll keep an eye on on that one here on the fifth quarter. All right, let's go to Josh in Chicago. Hey, Josh. Hey, Cliff. Uh, I'm just curious. Do y'all think Blake Harry will be here next year? And another thing, um, what what do we do to get our offense on the same page as other teams in our conference right now? Because it seems like we can't. I don't know, support ourselves with the NIL deal. I know that's a dead, going to beat a dead horse, but uh, well, what's y'all's opinion that, on that? I mean, that NIL thing took a big hit in a positive way this week, and uh, they, they brought in some some good funds on it. Um, I, look, I, you got to make major, major changes and a complete overhaul with the yeah. coordinator, yep. with position coaches. I, I think – the starting quarterback for next year is clearly not on this roster i would i would hope yeah right now so that's the only and and that's easier said than done it's a lot of stuff you're gonna have to to change on that side of the ball will blake harrell be here i know that they they're gonna do everything they can to keep him here um but man billy we were talking about it today uh, blake harrell's a good soldier but man you think he wants to 
to keep doing this like no no (laughs) and and giving up seven and giving up 10 and 13 and losing well and not only that man did you see what they released this week on uh out there with with coach with coach you're about to smack me definitely that fly's gonna be on my face (laughs) and you're gonna smack me (laughs) um you know what i'm saying like like he can go and be making millions next year oh yeah talking about mcmillions man it, i mean that's that's the thing and you know keeping blake is is going to be tough and a, as far as the fix um like i said earlier it's gonna i, I believe it's going to get worse before it gets better because there are so many holes there's not a quick fix and like it's my gonna get worse <laughs> i'm serious for negative points no no i'm serious i don't see things getting better before they get a little worse because because of the you know because like i said like i said earlier i think we're gonna lose some people on defense i really do oh, you mean overall overall okay, yes 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 overall i'm sorry i'm sorry okay. overall so let me clarify myself overall mm-hmm. but i did want to make kind of an analogy my wife says this all the time about stuff around the house when we have to do changes and stuff she, and i get you know kind of antsy she says baby you know we got to crack some eggs before we can make an omelet that's ecu they're gonna have a lot of egg cracking to do to get that omelet made yeah. well some of that is you know before you make that egg you got to go heat up the frying pan and get the oil right all that too right <laughs> so that means like right here, yeah right now, we better be heating up the frying pan and saying okay what's the potential of us losing this guy this right. guy this guy and let's be ahead of the curve a little bit too right i mean because that's where it looks like we got stuck at and i and i i've heard the deal we were looking for quarterbacks in the portal we just missed on yeah right I, i've heard three quarterbacks in the portal yeah. that they were on heavy that they missed on. they missed on and so and not so and i hate to use lesson. and i hate to use missed on but maybe got out outbid well that's on. what i'm saying and right that's, now they, they they realized i mean like when you're first time going and negotiating with a with a player like that you don't know it's, it's been new to these guys right so you say now wait i gotta come to the table and, and be able to offer this kid X amount of dollars to yeah. even get him here to come check out, you know, to check us out or whatnot. So uh, I think we'll be ahead of the curve when it comes to the experiences that we have had losing players to NIL and not being able to land recruits out of the portal. And that's why I said, you know, my thing is I wouldn't just live totally in the portal because right. that's a bit that that's a bidding war in there. And that's okay, but you can still go. Who who do you think is one of our best players on defense? Siobhan Revel. He's junior college. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Get what I'm saying? Yep. So. But he's one of those guys you got to secure for next year. I totally agree. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I totally agree because they're they're going to be that kid is long and pretty. There yep. will be some guys. Oh yeah, there'll be some suitors. All right. Thanks for the call, Josh. Three one seven twelve fifty. Jason, you heard of this guy? Uh, Jeff Connors from Greenville. I have heard of Jeff Connors. <laughs> uh, wow. Coach Connors joining us on the fifth quarter. What's up, Coach? What's happening, man? <laughs> see. Hey, uh, I actually had to take myself through some parasympathetic breathing. <laughs> uh, because uh, I got a lot of emotion involved in this. About uh, close to 20 years of it. So, uh, just a couple things. Uh, You know, I've been quietly digesting the successes and failures of the program. And, 
I guess, purposely keeping my opinions to myself and uh, just simply support the players, particularly the ones I had the honor to coach. And uh, the sports objective gave me an opportunity to do a podcast. And so I said yes to that because uh, I wanted to be able to reconnect with a lot of the guys that I had coached uh, because that's always very rewarding to me. Now, when Coach Houston came in, he said he needed to change the culture. And I want to talk about that for a minute. Because the culture that we had in the 90s to me was very special in that we accomplished a lot of things that a lot of people did not think that we could do. And through this podcast, I've had a chance to reconnect with, and I would encourage anybody to go on YouTube and listen to these, uh, not for my benefit, but to understand guys like Rod Coleman, Pharrell Williams, Terrence Copper, uh, and uh, most recently David Burnell, a.k.a. The Flea, uh, these were guys who had been through a lot growing up and accomplished some incredible things in their life. And they were all pirates. David Burnell right now is currently a movie star and a rapper, and he just came out with an album. Rod Coleman, after many, many years, a uh, pro bowler, was finally... Uh, put in the Hall of Fame. Burrell Williams has been coaching in the NFL for many years. Terrence Copper got out of the NFL and spends his whole life trying to help young people here locally. And those are the things that were really important to me, the people that I had an opportunity to coach that basically created the culture. And I, I won't even say created the culture. I'm going to say recaptured the culture because I want to give credit to a lot of pirates before 1991, uh, particularly the, during the Ed Emery era where my good friend Mike Gentry was a strength coach who ended up being a strength coach at uh, Virginia Tech for 29 years and was sent into early retirement like myself. Uh, those guys had a culture. I think we did a good job recapturing that and establishing it through the 90s. So I'm not really sure what part of the culture had to be changed, but I'd, I would like to say that it needed to be recaptured. Now, I'm not sure that's happened so far, but I will say the defense will come out and hit you in the mouth week in and week out. And anybody can be proud of that. And personally, I don't care if Mike Houston's here tomorrow or 20 years from now. And so, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in a situation where I want to be critical. Uh, I only want to make maybe a couple points. And, uh, you know, I was one of those people that wanted to come back to East Carolina to Greenville for life. And that's why I'm still living here, and I'm still a Pirate fan. 
I enjoy Greenville. I enjoy Emerald Isle. I enjoy this part of the country. Through the 90s, I was able to gain many great friendships with influential people in the pirate community, which I still treasure to this day. But I also had to, to overcome 10 years of going up to enemy territory where we played East Carolina five times during the time I was there. So I figured, well, if I come back to ECU, I may still have a couple enemies laying in the weeds. I wasn't sure. But when I was in Carolina, I gave $5,000. Uh, I bought a locker, not not in Carolina, but also in the locker room at East Carolina. Why I was in Carolina. Uh, when I came back, I maintained my Pirate Club membership every year, and I bought another blocker in, in uh, basketball, I think, for $3,000. Now, you know, that's not a whole lot of money, but I wanted to make sure that people knew that I had that type of commitment to the program, and I was, really, I was willing to put my own money in it. So, you know... I'd never think about calling in unless I, you know, I thought I had something fairly intelligent to offer. But it's, you know, it's it's just difficult to remain silent after I put uh, two decades of my life into that sideline. And you know, and this call was really not about me. Um, even though I've got a couple, I guess you could say, perver- proverbial left jabs and a right hook, I'd like to throw. If this team gets beat by Tulsa, I might call and throw them. But uh, <laughs> get ready for your for those dialing fingers first, Coach, because that might happen. But uh, you know, as a staff member during the, during the Montgomery years, it's very difficult to stand on the sideline and and stomach watching the defense take the field and give up an average of forty nine points a game in that year. So I get it. Now, I understood why people were upset. It was ridiculous. And I probably would have been fine to retire at that point just to never have to stand there and watch the defense. Uh, but, uh, and, and I do have, with that being said, I do have to toss in the fact that I did coach 11 both qualified teams at East Carolina, so I'm very proud of that. So anyway, as I watched the offense uh, today, you know, I kind of I ended up with the same exact sick feeling in my stomach. Uh, but you know, maybe maybe you're not uh, not to the same level. Well, actually, maybe to a higher level because w- with Montgomery, at least I could reminisce on uh, the wins over UNC and, and NC State and BYU, which I think those were some significant accomplishments. But I just got one question, and uh, I'm going to let it go. But my question is this, you know, how much better is this program in year five than Montgomery was in year three? Now, my opinion is because of the success of the defense, I'd give this program the edge at this point. But he's also had five years, and uh, like I say, this this ain't this is not about me calling in and criticizing Mike Houston. It's about me calling in and expressing 
the love I have for this program that I've always had, uh, the appreciation that I've had for being able to come back, and how much joy I get out of now reconnecting with the guys that I coached. And, man, that's about all I got to say. Coach C, we appreciate you calling in. And um, definitely your passion for this program has been unmatched. Um, you were the reason, as a player, we played the way we did. And you gave us that identity of we were never going to give up. You know, we did some tough things in the offseason uh, that made us what we were on the field. And you put us through a lot of tough stuff when we were here. And not because you was being mean. It was because of your passion for what you wanted us to accomplish while we were here. And that's why everybody loves you. And that's why you always remain a big part of who we are as Pirates. Because we knew how passionate you were about this place. And that's what is sometimes frustrating uh, as a Pirate when you sit here and you watch. And, and, I, and, and, and I'm like you. I don't want to criticize Coach Houston. I don't want to talk bad about players. I just want to talk about my, feel, my feelings and my emotions of what I experienced when I watched these games. And I hear it in the voices that call in here um, to express their frustration. And uh, it's tough, man. I mean, like you said, you know, you were a guy, you were one of those coaches that wanted to be a lifer here. And unfortunately, it didn't happen for you. We had other coaches that wanted to do the same. And, man, I'm almost trying not to get emotional. I, I know. I see it. Uh, but hopefully we'll get it back there, man. Because uh, it was guys like you while we played so hard. And, and let me just say this, too. Um, Coach C, I have talked to numerous former players that played uh, under you. And all of them have said pretty much the same thing. There were times when I hated that man because I thought that he had it out for me because of the way he trained me. The early mornings, the relentless training that went into it. And then they would, in the same breath, say, now I love that man, and I would do anything. I would run through a brick wall for him because it made me a better man. It made me a better football player. It made me a better father. It made me a better husband. So I thank you for Pirate Nation for what you've done for those players um, because that's what they needed. And, and that's why I, I hear the passion in your voice. I see it sitting right next to me. Um, and, and we just need that back, and we need those people that want to be pirates here. And I, and I appreciate that, Coach. Well, thank you very much. And I will say this: I probably was mean if we lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've seen some of the mean. I've seen some of the mean. But look, I, I say it's like you know, you you have to treat these these young men like a father would treat a child to let them know that you love them more than anything on the face of this earth, but, but you, you'll be the first one to step up and, and tear a knot in them if they step out of line, and you're going to be hard on them. And, and those, those players appreciate that and love it and want it. All, uh, the, the entire time that they are cussing you and say that they don't want it, they do. So I appreciate that. Well, and, and, and I'm going to tell you guys this. You guys don't know this, and I won't say any names, Coach C, but it, it, it extends beyond the football field. Because I know personally he has helped former Pirates with things in their life right now to this day. 
He's given financial money to guys to help them out in their life today. How many coaches do you know that would do that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that you know, and, and that's why we love him is because we knew why he was doing the things he was doing, because he was doing it for our bet for, for the betterment of us as men. And if you're coaching and you're not worried about making these guys better, if all you worried about is how they execute on the field, you you've lost the the whole meaning of being a coach. And how to get your next job. That's the that's the age we live in right yeah. now though. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, fellas. You know, we all love the Pirate Nation. We love our experience with the Pirates. And all I got to say is that guy that had the personal foul, the offensive lineman at the end of the game, he'd still be running the stadium right now. <laughs> I just want to let you know that. All right, I'm going to go. Love you. All right, Coach C. Love you, man. Uh, it's Jeff Connors calling in. Dang, Jason, you got the chat gang uh, tearing up over here, man. It is. It is. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, what we got, Shirley? Last call. Last call for your calls. Okay. So we well almost last call for your calls. We'll see if Drew and Brooks hung on. If not, uh, we're gonna have some open lines. Three one seven twelve fifty. We'll get back to a uh, crazy finish. App State has defeated James Madison in overtime. James Madison gets college game day. And uh, James Madison gets their first loss of the year. Uh, App State wins it in dramatic fashion. More to go. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, as Clip mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, Appalachian State uh, kicks a field goal, and they beat James Madison 26-23 to in overtime. Uh, in other games, Rice gets a win over Charlotte 28-7. to it was West Virginia beating Cincinnati 42-21 to in the fourth quarter with less than a minute to go. Arizona's going to win this one over Utah, 35-16 to is that score. Virginia leading Duke 27-19 in the fourth quarter. It is Temple and UAB tied at 24 apiece in the fourth quarter. Uh, NC State all over Virginia Tech, 35-14 in the third quarter. Iowa trailing Illinois 10-9 in the third quarter. UCLA leads USC 14-10. Georgia has a 31-10 lead over Tennessee in the third quarter. And Clemson has a 14-7 lead over North Carolina in the third quarter. Ohio State all over Minnesota 27-0. And Notre Dame leading Wake Forest 31-7. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall School Board brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville with with 18 TVs so you don't miss any of the action. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, pizza all day from Pizza Hut, and don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Cliff. Alright, back with you on the U.S. Sailor 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Long one tonight. 317-1250. Let's see if uh, the folks hung on the Pirate Radio Live line starting with Drew in Asheville. Hello, Drew. 
Hey, guys. Wow. Hey, I'm impressed. Good job, Drew. Of course. Um, sorry, I'm a little late to the somber party, um, but I just got off work and watched the game and not sure what's been talked about, but I'm sure it's about firing coaches and lack of offense and whatnot. Um, but something ironic, I was listening to Coach Connors. Um, I always call my dad, who's a Pirate Club member, season ticket holder, graduate of East Carolina. And um, it was just one of the memories of mine was I was 12 years old and we're at Brook Valley Country Club. I used to um, drive golf carts for the uh, players and we're sitting out on the patio and Coach Connors walks by and um, we're talking about the 46 or 57 to nothing game that we just lost to Syracuse and somebody made a you know a little snide comment about conditioning and Coach Connors goes and hits his tee shot on number 10 and drives his cart and hits his second shot and then drives back up and pulls up a chair and says, was that comment meant towards me? And from that point forward, I was like, I love that guy. But I mean, like that was just, um, you know, that was just the era of pirate football that I love. You know, I've got, you know, Junior Smith and Marcus Crandall and Nichols and, you know, just hanging on my wall of just that was the good times of pirate football and just seeing that he cared so much about what he – did for the school um you know some people might have taken it the wrong way but from that point forward i was like okay coach connors is somebody that i would want to play for he's got my back um and whatnot so i thought that was pretty ironic how i just listened to him talk and now i'm next in line um following up after him but uh yeah like i said um just catching up um you know offense just you know Zero. Zero points for the first time in 26 years. Um, you know, you want to see some type of change or improvement or something. Um, and I'm just not seeing it. And it's very, you know, frustrating. Like, I've seen the defense stick with it and kind of just – I've seen the defense improve throughout the year. Um, but just as far as offense goes, it's just – I mean, it's hard to watch, um, and I just there's got to be some changes, and I hope there is. If there's not, it's I I mean, if there's not, then there's got to somebody has to be held accountable on that. Um, you know, I kept hearing the announcers say, you know, we haven't had any drives longer than five plays. I think went into the late third quarter or fourth quarter. I mean, how can you just not have a drive consecutive, consecutive, consecutive longer than five plays? I mean, that's just absurd. Um, I think, you know, I heard y'all talking about New Mexico State and da-da-da-da-da. I mean, you've got to be able to get – move the football at some point. Um, you know, I see Brock Spalding getting a lot of playing time, but the ball's never thrown his way. It's just you're putting people out there that the defense just knows, okay, he's not going to get the ball. Um, you know, we throw those little flat routes to Riles, the tight end. I know Calhoun is hurt, but it's just a two-yard pass every time, just out in the flat, 
fake the run left, throw it right. Um, you know, we're not seeing Edmonds. We're not seeing Gunn. I just don't – I mean, I'm kind of speechless when it comes to just what we're doing or what we're trying to do. Um, you know, have we ran a trick play all year? Have we tried to do a halfback pass or – a flea flicker, just, I mean, something. Let's just, I mean, what we're doing is not working, so at least try something else. Um, you know, you guys are in eastern North Carolina. I'm in the western part of the state. Is the high school football in eastern North Carolina to the point where we can maybe get back to recruiting our, you know, east of 95 and maybe the NIL to these, Country boys is going to be a bigger factor as opposed to going to Georgia and Florida and whatnot, you know, like, uh, just, I don't know. I mean, I know there was Gurley and, you know, the Tarboro, Havelock, whatnot, those types of, you know, pipeline, I guess you could say. Um, so that's just a question for y'all. I feel like we're going more out of state. I feel like with the NIL, maybe keep it closer to Eastern North Carolina and, um, maybe that money factor is a little bit more intriguing to them. Um, and then just to leave it on the last note, the worst thing that I'm taking out of this is NCAA, NCAA 2024 football comes out next year, and I'm super excited about that. But our offense is going to be absolutely horrible. Um, as always, appreciate you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Pirates. All right. Yeah, I like that last point, Drew. I don't know about the other stuff. Uh, and I agree with Andy in the chat. I was about to say that. We we can't execute a simple play. I don't think the coaches trust these guys to execute a trick play. I'd love to see one, but yeah, I don't we were know calling, if I want to see the result. We were calling for those earlier this year. But, yeah, after watching it time and time again, I, I don't know if they could pull it off. It's just – it's frustrating all the way around. Let's go. Let's go to Brooks uh, in New York. What's up, Brooksy? What's up, guys? I knew you would hang on, Brooks. I had no doubt. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys running up my minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> Should be unlimited. Is that Brooks? still a thing? Is any time minutes? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so now. But um, yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting set up for our hockey broadcast tonight. And I thought I'd call in. I hadn't heard a call since. Kyle from LaGrange earlier in the show before I made my way over to the arena uh, for tonight. And obviously I called in while Coach Connors was going on, and uh, I almost got emotional hearing Jason get emotional, listening to Coach Connors getting emotional. So it just kind of a big trickle-down effect for everybody. Um, so I thought he did a great job uh, bringing it up. I just want to bring up a, a personal kind of story and tied in a little bit and uh senior year of high school when I was playing football I was an offensive player and we were struggling you know first three games of the year went into the bye week uh and the coach changed the offense on us kind of we went from you know running like the spread offense that we had run the year before and it wasn't working 0 and 3 and we changed it and we kind of adopted like the wing t offense using an extra offensive alignment having another guy in the backfield and you know, we weren't barn burners the rest of the year, but we were able to get a couple of wins underneath our belt and beat some teams that beat us the year before uh, in the second half of the season. And I uh, was just a little disappointed that at no point this season we saw any change in a game plan, schematics, formation, really. It was all the same, no matter what. 
uh, no matter who we were playing. Hard to believe that we were able to score against Michigan, but we couldn't score against Navy. Um, I don't know if somebody brought that up earlier in the night or not. And uh, everybody wants to talk about NIL this, NIL that. And this is maybe you know a 25-year-old old man yelling at the clouds and telling them to, people to get off their lawn. But, you know, we just lost to a team today that has no NIL money whatsoever because service academy players can't get it. You know, they're talking about players on the ground, on the stream, and talk about, you know, both his parents were in jail, and he's raising his younger siblings, and he's going to do this once uh, he graduates from the Naval Academy, everything like that. He's not getting NIL money, and, you know, we got people talking about on Twitter that, you know, their kid's not getting enough playing time or not getting enough touches on the ball. And it just kind of puts things in perspective of where our program is right now. And I just think that the heart and the character, like Coach Connors talked about, has gone missing. And it's time to reclaim all that. I wish I could stay on and hear what you guys had to say about it. But I'm going to hang up or listen to this tomorrow on YouTube once Glenn uh, uploads it. So you guys do a great job. Happy Thanksgiving and go Pirates. Thank you, Brooks. Good to hear from you, buddy. Um, the frustrating part is I think we saw a team change up what they do on offense and come to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and beat us in the form of Charlotte, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they said, hey, what we're doing ain't working. We're going to go to this quarterback. Yep. This is his strength. We can't do much, but we can do this pretty well, so let's do it. And uh, they came here and got a win, whereas we have seen the same old thing yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, all That's right. what's frustrating to me about not seeing Jeter at all. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't understand it. And has anybody uh, did anybody in the post game ask him why there wasn't a quarterback change? I mean, you went into the season saying we have two quarterbacks, but you went and you rode that same horse that was obviously lame going the entire way. Yeah, I thought we might see a change at halftime. And we I mean, even if it was Garcia, that's yeah. still showing that, okay, well, this isn't working. Let's try something different. And we didn't see that. All right, last call for your calls, 317-1250. Uh, before we go to break, uh, Billy, you were asking about why there wasn't a quarterback change. Uh-huh. Uh, there was actually a clip. It's up on our social media on uh, Twitter he says that, and I'm quoting Mike Houston here, it says, we had to throw the football to have a chance to win, end quote. And that was his response to the question of not making a change at quarterback today. So he's saying that Mason Garcia cannot throw the football. His quarterback can't well, throw the football. We've seen that. Yeah, I know. Right. And, and you know what's frustrating about that is we heard all offseason and all the time <laughs> prior leading up to this that he had such a big arm. They're not wrong. Is, am I? I'm not wrong. You're not that, right? wrong at all. Okay, I, I just no, want to no, make no. sure we You're, were talking about the yeah, same person. Yeah, same big, person. Big arm Garcia. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, right. Right. But cannon. 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 But uh, we're not going to let. We, he can't throw. Yep. So then, what about Jeter? He can't throw. Oh, he can't throw. He. Uh, we, we've got three quarterbacks. We don't that have can't a quarterback. We kind of knew it week one. We definitely <laughs> know it week eleven. I mean, that's the bottom line. Okay. Uh, Daniel says that's not the whole quote. You can go see the whole quote. Uh, on yes, I know that's not the whole YouTube. quote. It's it, I just said just Daniel, the one Daniel, can you line. type out the whole quote for us? Yeah. I'll, I'll look at it in the break. 317-1250. We'll wrap it up when we return after this.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250 on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Getting ready to wrap it up. Before we do, we'll go to Williamsburg and talk to Jay. What's up, Jay? Bye, Jay. Our Brown and Wood drive of the game is about to be the drive we take home, fellas. Yes. Because we did not have a touchdown drive or a field goal drive in this game. But thank you to Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brownandwoodauto.com is where you go online, and you can go to Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard in Greenville. Do you have the drive charts? by chance i just looked it up with jason a moment ago i'm just wondering what the longest drive was plays and yards is there one is the one that what's the uh, longest one i'll go over all of them real quick because it's uh there were 13 which jason you thought that was a pretty good number but uh, thanks to our defense right forcing turnovers and punts uh we had drives in this game you know usually you what would you expect going into a navy game jason like eight to maybe nine possessions we had 13 possessions all right, weave. Uh, this looks like. Uh, Can I guess? Because I, I have not looked at the drives. I would say are you we, our longest one. Uh, six plays, thirty-five yards. Am I close? It was the one where we uh, missed a field goal, I believe. Let's see. There's a five play. That was after a there's turnover. A five play. So it wouldn't have been a lot of plays. Why am I not seeing the uh, the missed field goal here? Um. Yeah, I thought I saw an eight-play drive in here somewhere, and now for some reason, oh, there it is. No, it was five plays. Five. So plays. I think five. We had five multiple times, and the end of game we had uh, six plays. Okay, for how many nine yards? plays? Here we go. Nine plays, twenty-three yards in two minutes and fifty seconds. Was that the field goal? Missed that field goal? was when uh, it was ten nothing, and we didn't get it on fourth down. Gotcha, gotcha. So that was the end of the game. The, the one end. before the end of the game. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our longest drives were the two drives at the end of the game. <laughs> as far as plays go. Right. How do you go nine? How do you get 23 yards and nine plays? <laughs> because you go for it on fourth down, right. fourth and short. Frustrating. <laughs> Frustrating. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. Joey, thank you, buddy. Long day for you. Appreciate it. Shirley, good work as always. Jay Nick, appreciate you so much. We've enjoyed it, buddy. Thank you. We got one more. One more. One more. Hopefully, this fly will be gone by next Saturday. <laughs> I'll make sure it's gone by Monday when you get here. We're starving to death. <laughs> Not around here. Uh, 10, There's always food here. <laughs> 10 0. That's the only reason I come in. You're fine with that. Ugly. For them wings over. Appreciate you people, though, for uh, hanging out with us, calling in, tuning in, chatting with us. Enjoyed it. Uh, We'll be back with you Monday on Pirate Radio Live, Brian Bailey Show, Monday at noon. And back with you 10 a.m. next Saturday for the final edition of the Bud Light pregame tailgate and after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. For the crew here, I'm Clip Rock. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see you next week. been listening to the u.s cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show join us next time for complete postgame coverage of east carolina football exclusively on pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation